I think... I think you can't make an interesting mountain climbing movie. It doesn't seem like it can be done. We don't know yet. No. You swear, fucking white whale-like, <laughs> Moby Dick-like, that there it's out there somewhere. A movie you remember that was good, that was a mountain climbing movie that you thought was this one. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was not. No. Right? No. This was not it. No, but I remembered it being good, but I think I may have been misremembering. Or remembering a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> You're remembering one moment from a totally different movie. You're like, I think it's all about... Like, the Goonies are like, oh, yeah, like, aren't they in, in caves in the last, like, 20 minutes? I think it's a mountain climbing movie. <laughs> yeah, you know that mountain climbing movie where a ragtag group of kids follow a pirate map into, you know, up, up a mountain, and then, um, I forget, there's there's uh, gangsters, and the old lady from Throw Mama from the Train is there. I think she's a mountain climber, too. Well, I'm pretty sure that's Goonies. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think it's mountain climbing. Is, is that a mountain climbing movie? No, it's not. There's no mountain climbing, like, at all. I don't know. Maybe it's Escape from Witch Mountain. No. I don't think there's actually any climbing in that. I think they just I think it's all driving. escape. Yeah, it's a lot of driving. I think it's them running through the woods, and then the bad guys are, like, in Jeeps, like, being like, we'll just drive on the roads. They're probably on the roads. And it's like, no, they're probably in the forest, dude. Did they remake that with The Rock? Yes. yes. I gotta it see that, not, man. It was not as good. No? No. Are you sure you don't mean it was better? No, it was not as good. Oh, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. Uh, it's, what's like, the... it's like what they did to Pete's Dragon, where it's like, oh. y'all liked... changed a lot, and it's not the same. I liked the Pete's Dragon remake. Not as much as the original, because the original is just like a sweet fairy tale, basically, and this other one and, is and like it's a... it's a musical. Yeah, and but the other one is, uh, the, the, the remake is... Um, crazy CG bullshit. It's too much CG, yeah. yeah. But like, it's... That's just sign of the little, times. It's a little more like, I don't know, Godzilla or something. Yeah, it's or it's environmental. King, King Kong, yeah. It's not King Kong. -y. There's no King Kong. Yeah, no. Well, the whole thing of like you know that they're trying to like capture it and keep it in a thing. Yeah, I mean that's. Okay. I have not seen this nor the first version of whatever movie you're talking Pete's about. Pete's Dragon. Pete's Dragon. Yeah, I've, I heard. It was a pioneer of animation and live uh, photography. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. It's also sort of like a Harvey situation where, like, Pete could see the dragon, but a lot of other people couldn't, so they were doing a lot of practical effects of, like, things getting knocked down by mm. an invisible dragon, but really it was that they had it on, you know, wires and whatnot. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, anyway, like I said, there was uh, songs. Yeah, but, uh, this is not... Uh, nope. That was, that was not that movie. Not this movie, anyway. Songs probably would have helped. <laughs> Songs would have helped. Songs would have helped. Hal and I'm mad at you for letting my girlfriend die <laughs> horribly.
It is the pal I've <laughs> I feel bad too. And <laughs> My name is Jess, and I want you to get over it. <laughs> yeah, any of that would have helped. My name is Frank. This is a banana eating a monkey. <laughs> Damn, Frank's song would have been dope. <laughs> Frank's song would have been real weird. <laughs> it would have been basically like the pink elephants on parade of, of, of this film. So hello, excellent humans. Welcome to another episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. I am your co-host, Hunter Bush. I am your other co-host, Allison Euclidus. And our returning guest, an apparent rock-climbing film aficionado. Hey, it's Will again. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Wow. Oh, boy. Sounds like you're leaving a really bummer of a voicemail. (laughs) Hey, it's Will again. I'm sorry. Grandma exploded. (laughs) Oh, that would have been something. Hey, it's Will again. I'm sorry. Sylvester Stallone lifted Grandma into the ceiling and impaled her. Well, no spoilers. Oh, there's nothing to spoil. Uh, that, oh, well, that's the high point. It is the high point, which is so weird, because it just kind of happens, and it's not the climax of the film. No, and it was a very wait-what moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Will, last time you were on the podcast, we did mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Goldfoot. Oh, right. Dr. And that Goldfoot. Was, yeah. And it's bikini machine. machine. Yeah, that would have been. That song would have drastically improved <laughs> the song of yeah. But before that, we did... Uh, kind of deplorable <laughs> mountain climbing movie the Iger sanction and on that you said you would much rather watch the film we've brought today cliffhanger from 1993 uh do you still feel that way would you still rather watch cliffhanger i believe i already said i'm sorry i'm just curious of the two which would you rather watch or is it just a fucking it doesn't matter <laughs> i'll drink a bottle of nyquil and go to sleep i mean if that's an option <laughs> but i think yeah, I'd rather watch Iger Sanction. Yeah, I like... Here's the thing. Iger Sanction is bad. Bad, bad, bad. Not likable, but like... You things... feel like a worse person for watching it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, man... No, I know. This is like watching paint dry, which seems insane because it's Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. John Lithgow, Michael Rooker, yep. <laughs> the lady who played Maggie on Northern Exposure, Uh. Turner, yeah. something Turner... Sophie Jan- Turner. Yeah, no, I think it's a J. Janet Turner? Maybe Janet Turner. Hang on. Hold on, maybe it's on the box. Janine Turner. Ah, Janine. you were right. It is on the box. Well, um, it's also a J. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, the cast is not bad. There's, there's also a bunch of uh, character actors, which if you watched movies in the 90s, you definitely know most of the men's faces because they just, you know, they were everywhere. But man, like, it's so boring. Yes. I Let had, me just read I the... I had a really hard time focusing. yeah. Which I can't wait to hear what you actually, <laughs> what you actually did instead of watching the movie. Let me just read the box and we'll, let's see. Let's go line by line and see if we all agree any of this applies to the film. Sarah was an inexperienced climber. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 She trusted Gabe to rescue her. Period. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But something went wrong high above the valley floor. Dot dot dot. Sylvester Stallone, John Lithgow, Michael Rooker, Janine Turner, and Ralph Waite star in this high-altitude avalanche of action, colon, a non-stop adventure peaked with suspense and capped with heart-quaking terror. No. That's insane. Also... (laughs) Besides saying a bunch of mountain words, that is wildly inaccurate. Also, 
you're making it sound like Sarah had a much bigger part in the movie. Yeah, no. She yeah. does not. I would argue you don't even need that opening thing. I didn't at even all. know her name. Yeah, they said it and I definitely wrote it down, but like you don't need that as a thing. Like it doesn't do anything. No, it yeah. It's... Thematically, when that whole situation comes up again, it's over in like two seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it doesn't play out like the oh he has to he has to overcome this thing and like now is his time to fix the thing he fucked up before to make it right. It doesn't feel like that at all because it's in the middle of a different action sequence. Well, and then also they were trying to shoehorn it in because Janine Turner at the end is hanging off a lot like. Uh, I just said when that yeah. situation comes oh, up again, oh, that's right, what I was yeah. talking oh, about. Oh, I thought you were talking about when when Hal and ha Gabe, yeah, Hal yeah. and Gabe are like going at it on top of the mountain and stuff, and and Hal's like gonna kill him, and he's just oh like, oh, you mean like real good. early? Yeah. yeah, no, no. Yeah, I thought you were referring to that because that was also yeah. a fairly short sequence no, so, for Hal, like yeah. No, so what I'm talking about is the movie opens, it was parodied in Ace Ventura 2, uh, so you're probably familiar with it. <laughs> so it's Hal and a woman named Sarah. Uh, Hal is Michael Rooker and Sarah, doesn't matter. They're up on top of a very high tower of rock. The and, tower. Yeah, they call it the tower. And they're stuck up there because Hal's knee gave out and he can't climb back down. So the rescue helicopter piloted by Janine Turner goes up to rescue him, and also Stallone just free climbs up because, you know, he's tough. And they get up there, they run a line across. So they're, they're in a harness, and there's, like, a pulley that attaches to the line, and they just sort of pull themselves, like, hand over hand across, and the, the pulley thing, like, you know, holds their weight. Yeah. And they slide across, so Hal does it's, that. It's like a less interesting zip line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, yeah, a zip line with no angle Me. of declination. Yeah, yeah. Or with whatever. no zip. No whoosh. Yeah, it's just, it's a, just line. a line. It's just a line. just a line. Sarah then starts across, and the harness, like, breaks. It, yeah. It's not anybody's fault. It's just, like, it's, it falls apart. Um, one of the, like... Um, buckles. Yeah, buckles gives out. Uh, apparently, there is actually a note in the credits that specifically says that they rigged that harness to fail. Oh, the yeah. And that it's not that those harnesses are bad. Which makes sense, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it just, it breaks, it's nobody's fault, and she's hanging by, like, a thread, and Hal wants to just slide his harness back and let her, like, climb into it and make her way back across. Stallone then jumps on the line, you know, on his harness and, like, goes across to her real quick and grabs her, and he's holding on to her hand, and her hand slides out of her climbing glove, and she falls to her death. And then we cut to eight months later. And then later on, basically the same thing happens, except it's with Janine Turner and Stallone again. But it's in the middle of a larger action scene where they are, like, rappelling down a mountain face with old-ass rope. And they're swinging to try and get to a ledge. And the rope is, like, severing against a rock. So there's a lot of other things at play. Yeah. And the rope gives out. He grabs on a ledge. He's holding on to her hand. And for a second, it's like, oh, and her hand's starting to slip. But then she just climbs up like no problem. There isn't any dramatic, like, beat to let it sink in that, like, this is like that thing that happened early in the movie. So they, they just they just move past, apparently, like, his big issue that he's been, like, stewing over for eight months. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's so weird. And, like... So I made a comment uh, between when we watched this and now when we're recording. It feels there's a movie called Beneath the Darkness, which is a probable future episode, where in that film, it's almost entirely, like, too dark to see. Hmm. Yeah. It's just, like, blackish. It looks like I used to get, like, bootleg tapes when I was, like, I thought a it kid. was a bootleg when we yeah. first saw it, and it wasn't. It was on Netflix or something. It was streaming. But hmm. I was like, oh, they stre they're streaming a bootleg. That's weird. <laughs> That's unusual. Uh, yeah. I, one time I had, like, a stomach flu, and I was home from school the weekend that um, Mortal Kombat came out. 
my mom felt bad, and the dude on the L was like, Mortal Kombat tapes, like, you know, five bucks, and she was like, oh, I'll take one. And it was so dark, I could not see anything except for, like, the three scenes that are in, like, direct sunlight. <laughs> but I could listen to it, and I was like, this is kind of okay, except you could also hear the audience, which sucked. But uh, Beneath the Darkness is like that, and my only theoretical explanation for Beneath the Darkness is someone told the director what film noir is and they were like oh it's heavy shadow and you know it's dramatic lighting and he was like oh i get it and instead just make the film too dark to see and so this kind of feels like someone told director rennie harlan who has made action movies like oh this is what action movies do they set up like inciting incident in the beginning like something for your hero to overcome and then later on in the film they overcome it the bad guy probably has, like, a very, like, cool dynamic plan and probably a cavalcade of, like, character actor, underboss villains, like, different stories and different styles. Like, this one is this kind of thing, and this one's, like, a ninja, and this one is, like, a baseball player or, like, whatever. And he whatever. Has to have a weird accent. Yeah, and, like, oh, they're all different, like, crazy characters, colorful characters. And Rennie Harlan was like, yeah, 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 we can put that in this movie, and then just kind of did it wrong. <laughs> like, where nobody was like, no, 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 you fucked it up, do it again. Because everything in this is technically there, just none of it works. Like, all those things I listed, which are action movie cliches and standards, especially from the 90s, are in this movie. Just none of it works. Right. I could have sworn I liked this movie at one point. I'm right there with you. (laughs) I was, like, watching this going, like, in my head. I was like, this is not as good as I remember. But I was like, (laughs) okay, but John, John Lithgow hasn't showed up yet. I was like, maybe it kicks in a high gear. And it doesn't. John Lithgow feels wildly out of place in this movie. Yeah. So the basic plot after the death of Sarah, which again, doesn't really matter, but that's how the movie begins. It's eight months later. So I did have a couple of like little trivia things. For the death of Sarah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Fire away. A big part of the whole uh, Hal versus uh, Glenn, no. Gabe Gabe. is is Stallone, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine how different The Office would be if Stallone was Gabe? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Same dialogue, same character, but it's Stallone playing it. So I mean, much more fun. He is tall. He's just not spindly. I don't think he's tall. Oh. Maybe they just make him look tall because yeah. the movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he seems tall. I mean, Tom Cruise seems tall, but I don't think Tom Cruise. I think Tom Cruise no, is No, Tom like, Cruise is 5'5". Five five. I'm taller than is Tom Cruise. Is he 5'5"? I thought he was like 5'6", but yeah, yeah. That's okay, same ballpark. Okay, he's either my height or shorter than yeah. me. <laughs> I tell you, my, one of my favorite things in all of Hollywood. I don't really like Hollywood gossip, and I don't care about other people's relationships. That's their business. But I did like after um, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman divorced, someone asked Nicole Kidman, like, so, you know, life must be different now that you're not with Tom Cruise because he was the biggest mm-hmm. you know, star in the world and she was part of this crazy power couple and whatever. And she was like, yeah, it's great. I can wear heels again. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. good for you. Um, what a fucking zinger. <laughs> yeah. Sylvester Stallone is apparently 5'10". Oh, so okay. Not Taller sh- than not I short, thought. Yeah. But not particularly tall. Taller than I thought. I thought yeah. he was like 5'8". Which yeah. is, I, I think Wolverine is supposed to be, like, 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, in the comics? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, in canon height, he's, like, a short, a short, stocky, hairy Canadian. Huh. And then they were like, no, no, let's get Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Who, hairy, kinda. Not hmm. Canadian. Not Canadian, not stocky, not short. And he can dance and sing. Yeah. God, he's good. <laughs> Gonna uh, miss him. He should have been in this movie. Yeah. He could have played that fucking soccer hooligan villain. Yeah. Would have given it some fucking flavor. Yeah. Um, we'll get there. Okay, I wanted to point out that Hal was, like, trying to send his harness as a replacement over yeah. to Sarah. And Stolen was like, there's no time. I'm going to get her. 
and like, she's basically still kind of tangled in the harness <laughs> the broken yeah. buckle is all that's holding her up it's caught yeah. in the carabiner or yeah. something close-ups show that's starting to give but like that's the only thing holding her up she doesn't have a hand on the the line or anything right. like it's just her dead weight but yeah Gabe's like I'm gonna get her and Hal's like no it's not rigged for two people you know you're gonna pull the line out yeah and that's not what happens what happens is she just slips and falls yeah but he's still, like, pissed because it's like, oh, you did it your way and you didn't listen to me. Yeah, Hal is yeah. Uh, holding a grudge even, like, a, yeah. eight months later or even whatever. Even though, like, he didn't cause it. Yeah, no. None of, none, yeah. nothing that he did made it worse. Right. It would almost make more sense if Hal was like, well, you probably packed the rig wrong or something. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't come up. And that would at least be, like, believable because, like, you can't verify that with your eyes. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But you know that his weight didn't bring the rope down. He didn't fuck it. Like, she was, she fell, yeah. and if he hadn't been there, oh, she would have died, like, there, 30 seconds there, sooner. There was a throwaway line saying that your weight probably uh, caused the buckle to fail. But again, like, that's not that doesn't how that works. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's... Secondly, apparently when they were shooting this scene, it was very hard for them to get her hand to slip out of the glove with him still holding it. Oh, yeah. So they gave her a glove two sizes too big and packed that fucker with Vaseline. <laughs> and it was still really tough to get the shot because <laughs> he's he like, just has a massive grip. Yeah, he's like, I can't let go. I know. Well, also, climbing gloves. They're like climbing shoes. Yeah. They're meant yeah. to be tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Not We're talking come off. friction out the wads, <laughs> all right? These are my climbing jinkos. <laughs> <laughs> It was the 90s. It was the 90s. It wasn't there yet. It was 93, you said? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Jenko's was like a 97 thing. That pilot was probably wearing them, though, because that's how he could hide the gun. That's true. I have a real big question about (laughs) Hey, anybody out there that's a pilot, when we get to this pilot question, I'm going to ask it, and I need you to tell me if this is at all possible. I don't think it is. We will in a second. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. In yeah, a minute. it's not that long. Yeah, so there's like a movie's s- brief. Yeah, there's some months later or something like that where he's going to meet up with Jess, uh, Janine Turner, at her place. And did we ever nail down like what they are? There are a couple, but we we were questioning whether they were supposed to be married because in one shot, Stallone definitely looks like he has uh, like a ring on. I didn't notice anything. I was trying I to look at her see hands, her hands but, a lot. Yeah. But Stallone definitely in one shot looks like he has a ring on. And I was like, eh, I mean, it might just be his real life ring. He won't take it off. Or, you know, maybe they're supposed to be married. Maybe it was drop dialogue or a drop, you know, thread or whatever. Yeah. No idea. You but... would think it would be more important if they were married because he was coming to get the rest of his shit. Yeah, you yeah. think it would be <laughs> you think it would be clear whether they were married or not yeah. if it was supposed to matter at all to this movie. Yeah. Um, I think so it was. I, I, I Personally, I believe it was just. An unprofessional workplace relationship. Okay. It's true. Yeah. Very possible. She, uh, as you mentioned, it's a horse farm. Yeah. And she's grooming a horse, yeah. uh, which we made the joke, that's her non-Italian stallion. Yeah. Well, it, I, <laughs> which it was, is funny it was that, uh, you know, Stallone goes, you got yourself a new horse. Yeah. And I was like, don't you miss your Italian stallion? Yeah. You got yourself a new horse. You think he's better than me? <laughs> hey, horse. First one to the top of the tower wins. <laughs> I want that movie. That's a movie. Either that or Sylvester that. Stallone, Thor the Horse. Whoever reaches the top of 4,000 foot tall Devil's Peak wins the heart of Janine Turner in Cliffhanger. It's better, better movie. Better movie, yeah. Much better. Stallone climbing and a horse also climbing. <laughs> Free climbing. 
you have them go Rocky with it and just punch out a horse. Just punch a horse? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I Rocky do... six. Yeah, Rocky. No, I think that would be seven. But yes. Seven? Oh, God. I mean, at that time, I have no idea. I don't know, 93. Yeah. But oh, 93. if it came out now, I don't know. But yeah. yeah. Rock. <laughs> it's the ghost. <laughs> the ghost of this <laughs> journey. Rock. You gotta punch a horse. <laughs> You told me I got a bunch of horse. And the whole movie is about how he has, like, advanced dementia from getting punched in the head for his whole career. God. It's so dark. <laughs> it is dark. Be fun, though. Yeah. I do like in First movies... First he fought Russia. Now he fights dementia. <laughs> <laughs> he single-handedly defeated the Cold War. But now he's in the fight of his life. For his sanity. Rocky Six or Seven. <laughs> I was just going to say something. Oh, I do love in things when people punch horses. It doesn't happen a lot. I like when people punch things you wouldn't normally think they should punch. Cars, horses. Yeah, I like when people like just straight up punch a car like in Hellboy. That's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, horses, I think, happens in like a couple of Mel Brooks movies. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, I believe. Yeah, I think horse, Conan yeah. punches a horse. <laughs> Maybe um, there's uh, an extra in Game of Thrones that just went for it. Yeah, I mean, the mountain chops that fucking horse's head off, which is not a punch, but is surprising. Spoiler for second season of Game of Thrones. Or I'm sorry, that fucking... That. Yeah, no, no, there's no spoiler. It's six years old, <laughs> and, like, if you wanted to see it, you'd have seen it by now. It's only the second season. We're not talking about the end. The horse comes back. Um, <laughs> the white galloper. Gallagher? The white Gallagher. <laughs> doesn't get much wider than that. <laughs> but somehow, somehow they made it. Yeah. Deep in a lab, under the Rockies, Sylvester Stallone has made an albino Gallagher. Oh, man. These are just better pitches for a movie you could call Cliffhanger. Well, no, I mean, like, uh, that would be a courtroom drama, obviously. It would? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you would have, the, like, the albino Gallagher suing both of the Gallaghers who are currently, or are always suing each other. It's true. Oh, I didn't realize that there was a multiple Gallagher. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's Gallagher and Gallagher 2, and they're brothers. Wait, what? Yeah. This isn't a movie plot. This is real. No, I I know. (laughs) This sounds like a movie no one would care to see, but it turns out it's life. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) It's life. The movie you can't not see. I think I missed something really important on the internet. (laughs) No, it's not. You didn't miss anything. You missed nothing. Okay. That's like being like, oh, I'm not familiar with Gallagher. It's like if aliens land and we're like, we are not familiar with this Gallagher. Is he an important pop cultural or political figure? No, nah, no, nah, man. No, nah. <laughs> you you good. Bring us to Thor the horse. <laughs> he is our favorite performer. So horses. We're on the horse farm. Okay. What, what happens after the horse farm? After the horse farm, we get introduced to Frank, who is an artist and also helps. Yeah. Who run... played Frank? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. He was familiar. Was he the, um, was that Paul Winfield? Who's who's Paul Winfield? Because Paul Winfield got a special appearance credit. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I don't know that name off the top of my head. Paul Winfield played Walter Wright. I think he was one of the uh, agents, the feds. Oh, yeah, he was, like, the lead. I don't think he was a, well, yeah, he was a fed, but I mean, like, he wasn't an FBI. I think he was a treasury guy. Ah, okay. I think he, I think. I'm not sure. He was... Because when we're introduced to the Treasury Department and, like, the FBI, they're both already working together, and I wasn't sure who worked for who. Was he the bald one? Uh, he's the black guy. Oh. He's, like, the head of it. Okay. Yeah, actually, also, that maybe we ha- might have had a Treasury scene before this. 
but I'm No, not. I think it's after. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, it's right before the horse. All it is is it's it's the Treasury guys and the FBI, and they're talking to each other because they're transporting what turned out to be three big cases of just money with trackers in them. It is um, $100 million. Was it? $1,000 bills. Well, actually, I mean, like, they say yeah. 100 but then apparently it's uh, $30 million per case, so that would be $90, 90 million, yeah. unless it was, like, $33. Maybe they just three, round three, it. Three, three, yeah. Three. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Um, okay, so. $1,000 bills, BT dubs. Yeah, $1,000 bills. So, in that scene, I guess it's Paul Winfield then says, Trains can be derailed. Cars can be hijacked. But, you know, boats could sink. Uh, hot air balloons just right out of the question. Like, he just lists all <laughs> the shit and then goes like, Planes. Planes are unhijackable or whatever. And I was like, that's not true in movies or real life. Yeah. Like, it's super not true in either case. That's the dumbest logic I've ever heard in anything. Yep. And then in while watching the film, because we had time to, we talked about D.B. Cooper for 10 <laughs> minutes. We talked about D.B. Cooper. Which is ridiculous. It's just like, it's like, what kind of logic is that? Why even which, put a line um, in that says, like, this is why we're going with planes. Just be like, we are flying it. That's it. Like, we don't need to know why if your logic's going to be that thin. BT Dubs DB Cooper was 1971. BTDB. Yeah, BTDB. <laughs> DB was 1971. This was 93. So they probably should have heard of it by then. Yeah. 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 Over 20 years. Yeah, you knew about the, it. Paul Winfield was like, "Nah, spoilers. I don't want to hear about." It. <laughs> it's like, nah, nah, nah. Anyway. So Frank was played by Ralph Waite. Frank is the uh, like senior member of the um, Rocky Mountain Rescue, yeah. you know, group, which is what. Hal and Stallone, well, Hal and Gabe and uh, Jesse, which is uh, Janine Turner, um, are all part of as well. Yep. Hardcore mm. park rangers. Yeah, rescue rangers. If this had happened 10, 20 years later, they could have been parkour rangers. Parkour rangers, man. Yep. And just I feel know. like we could combine parkour rangers with rescue rangers and make a like a live action CG chipmunk uh, rescue like rescue rangers Chip and Dale chipmunk movie. No. Yeah, that'd be terrible, right? But Disney would totally do it. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> Disney would pay me, they'd back a dump truck full of money up to my front door and be like, it's a great idea because we already own it. And people, people already like it. And we're going to spend a lot of money on it and everyone's going to hate it. Yay. And I'm like, hey, money. <laughs> I have many more bad ideas. Give me money, please. <laughs> Insert gif of Jenny Slate. Yeah. <laughs> money, money, please. please. <laughs> I fucking love her. Now we cut to, uh, after the Italian stallion meets the non-Italian stallion, Jesse is like, to Gabe, you know, she's like, you should come back to work, we need you, whatever, and he's like, yeah, I can't do it, I'm not gonna do it, and he just drives off, and whatever, so he's gone. No, she drives off, he hangs out with the dog that just appears oh, yeah, she for drives. him to pet. Yeah, dog yeah. does just come up. Yeah, he just waited until they were done, and she drove off to just be like, what's going on over here? Yeah. There's a credit animal, like, a, it said Thor. It didn't say anything about animals. I just assume it's an animal because it's one name, and it's the same name. But it's like Thor was played by Thor. And we were trying to figure out if it was the dog or the horse in the credits. I have no idea. Yeah. I like to think it was the horse because the horse had a bigger part. Yeah. And that would mean that the horse has a larger part and is more central to that scene but is not credited. And the dog that literally walks in at the end <laughs> gets the credit. And I was like. Hollywood, though, man. Yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> it's terrible. So then we cut to the the plane, and it's a it's all character what? actors. It's treasury guys and FBI, I guess. And what even happened? Like they they 
the FBI guy sees the the other pl- the jet that's yeah. following them. Yeah. And so Travers goes into the oh, cockpit no. and he says like you know whatever he gives them some instruction drop to, to this many yeah, feet or this heading yeah. or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and um, when he comes out one of the FBI guys pops up and pulls a gun on him, and he says you know. And there's three suits and Travers. Travers is the only one that we're going to bother naming because yeah. he's the only one that you know matters really. But uh, yeah. there's three other guys and Travers and a pilot and a co-pilot. So the one guy has the machine gun pointed at Travers. And he goes, don't you see what he's doing? He's hijacking the plane. And the two other suits like stand up and they're not sure what the hell's going on. Yeah, Travers kind of does the like, no, he's evil. I'm yeah. the good one. Yeah. He's like, no, no. He's like, you, you have a gun. Like, put your gun down. You're hijacking the plane. And uh, they... He's like they're highly trained, you know, like uh, you know, highly trained agents of whatever. And they grab the guy with the machine gun, and Travers pulls his gun out and shoots all three of them. And it turns out Travers was evil the whole time. Then we cut to the cockpit, and my note says the impossible happens because the pilot pulls from like right next to him a gun, a pistol with a silencer on it. But like, from fucking where? He's wearing pants. It's not like there. it was, like, in his ankle holster. It's got a fucking silencer on, which makes it, like, 14 inches long. It's a 14-inch long gun that he smuggled into a cockpit, which I know they're not, like, cramped, but, like, right up where all the dials and shit are, there's not a lot of spare room, right? That's my thing is, like, how does the co-pilot, who immediately gets shot in the head, not see that the pilot has a gun that's somewhere where he could just literally reach down next to his leg and pull it up? I, I was just like, that's so stupid. If it's if they're all government agents, like, I can understand him having a gun. Right. right? But it would be but, in a proper holster and it wouldn't a, have a silencer. Exactly. Like right. The it would silencer. be, like, <laughs> maybe an underarm holster or an ankle holster, but, like, he doesn't reach down and, like, go into an ankle holster. No, it's just, just like it's right next to it's him right next on to him. maybe more of the seat, except that it's not. Because yeah. it's, and it's roughly yeah. the size of his leg from his foot to his knee, and yet the co-pilot isn't like, hey, uh, hey, Chet. Uh, do you have a gun? Like, at any yes. point, like... Chet, are you packing heat? Yeah, I just don't get it. And I, So, yes, pilots are f- friends and family members of pilots. I mean, can you ask, like, how easy it would be for the co-pilot, you know, or pilot to have a gun just, like, right there and you not notice it? Co-pilot dies. Yep. And then it turns out that the people in the jet are, you know, in cahoots with Travers and the pilot, and they set up a, a whole thing, you know, they, they drop a, a line yeah. out of the back of the like plane. A, yeah, a winch. So that they can kind of traverse. Yeah, they're going to... Similarly they're, to what we were doing on the mountain. Yeah, it's all mountain climbing yeah. bullshit. Um, but they're going to, like, hook all three cases with the money to the line and slide it from one plane to the next, and then I guess they're just going to crash the government plane and, you know, make it look like everybody died in the mm-hmm. crash well, or whatever. They, they have a bomb on they have it. There's a bomb on it, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, so that's, like, their plan is to destroy yeah. it and make it look like it just went down or blew up in the midair and nobody knows why or whatever and get away yep. scot-free. But everything immediately starts going poorly. Traverse immediately is like, uh, fuck it, I'm going across first before the money. So he just slides down. Yeah. And he's like, it's fine. Like, the pilot guy, he'll send the rest of the cases, which he yeah. tries to do, but... The one good agent isn't totally dead, and he gets up and grabs the machine gun, shoots the pilot. The pilot knocks the line free, falls to his death. The line is attached to the cases, so now the cases, like, get pulled out of the plane by the line. And but then, they're still hooked up. Yeah, they're still hooked up to it, and then they end up, like, you know, well, then the plane dragging is- underneath the jet, and then yeah. the plane explodes, yeah. which it would have been really fun 
because the the pilot uh no sorry the 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 good government agent yeah the fbi agent. the fbi agent was standing at the back of the plane it would have been fun if the explosion would have rocketed him out of it it would have just been like he's gonna die anyway it would be a cool death but like we get nothing the plane explodes and that's kind of it he does shoot up the jet that the, the bad guys are oh, in oh yeah he's got he pulls out that auto pistol again yeah he like auto, yeah machine yeah. gun yeah and he shoots like one of the bad guys that's in the jet he shoots the hydraulics he blows out the like windshield and yeah, everything he does a number on this thing yeah it fucks it up so they are trying to bring the case in by like pulling the line in yeah what happens with that because they all, all uh, the cases break free How does yeah that whatever it was that was keeping them on the line at the other end oh like snapped off. off and they all fall off yeah they the all fall the off line. somewhere in the mountain it's yeah. the colorado rockies it's, yeah. okay it's supposed to be it's set the in the colorado, colorado rockies, rockies. Yeah. it was actually filmed mostly in the cortina de ampezo dolomites mountains because they look a lot like the rockies and i guess it was cheaper. do those mountains have dolomite in them Better movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Remember that cave with bats? Wouldn't it be better if it was bats and dolomite? <laughs> okay, so I have a couple of things with that. About I will, dolomite? I will address, About dolomite? You have, you have a couple of I dolomite will, facts? What I did want to say was I said mostly done in... Uh, dolomite Valley. Cortina de Ampes of Dolomite's Mountains because... Dolomite's Mountains. In this scene, when the guy that's supposed to be Travers is going from plane to jet... Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about the stuntmen. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was just making they, sure because the way you said it, it was like there was a double cross and like no. it was fake Travers or something. <laughs> no, I want no. to be clear for the listener. No. It's supposed no. to be Travers. It's in, the stuntman. In shooting that sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the stuntman for Travers. The stuntman for Travers. Oh, by the way, Travers is played by Rex Lynn. We didn't yeah. say that. Rex yeah. Lynn's stuntman. Yeah. Paul Lynn would have been better. Yes. A hundred fucking percent <laughs> Paul Lynn would be a better choice. <laughs> But yeah, his his stuntman actually did that stunt of going from one plane into another, and they had to do that in the United States because it's illegal to do that type of stunt in Europe. Furthermore, Stallone ponied up money to cover this because he couldn't get insured for that because there was no way that they could put guide wires on him or anything. Yeah. So he did it with very little safety equipment, extremely dangerously, in the United States because... Apparently, you're free to do that here, and you cannot do that in Europe. So, I, you know, I know I, I kind of knocked uh, Tom Cruise a little earlier, but that's this is oh, something I genuinely yeah. respect Tom Cruise for. He does that shit all the time he does for his those own stunts like for like everything. Yeah, for every. I mean, he he's always I think done his own stunts as like a point of pride and like because he's you know quickly become the biggest uh, you know star. well movie yeah. star in the world. So like having a normal life is kind of like never going to ever happen for him. Yeah. So, you know, he gets his thrills where he can and those thrills are mostly like motorcycle stunts in Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> but he frequently does his own stunts that he has to then insure himself. Like he owns the insurance or you know, or co-owns or something. But he is like a part owner of whatever company does insurance on oh, those Mission Impossible things. That's very funny. So he is like self-insuring him and other actors, you know, to do these stunts because they can't get insurance from anybody else. Jesus. Which is like, I genuinely respect that. That's like, that's great. And like, you know, it's it's literally putting your money where your mouth is. Like he's yeah. Also, you know. it's a vertical integration. <laughs> it, is, it is vertical <laughs> integration. Yeah. We watched a lot of Thirty Rock. <laughs> I knew about vertical integration before Thirty Rock. Yeah, but like it was just perfected by Thirty. It was was made extremely clear by 30 Rock. We own the television, and we own the things on the television, but we don't own the couch. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So this is when you really... This is another weird thing about this movie. How do you introduce your big bad, right? Mm. You want to give them a big, strong introduction, right? 
I mean, any character, your main characters. You want to give them strong introductions. Stallone has a strong introduction in this. The rescuing, try, attempting to rescue Sarah off the fucking the tower. tower. Yeah, free climbing. Yeah, up, yeah. Is yeah. It, actually, now that I think about it, Tom Cruise, it's a lot like Mission Impossible 2. Except the music stinks. Yeah. The music in this is real bad. Yeah, um, it it's like score. It's like orchestrated score. Uh, I wrote down Trevor Jones did the score. And... Um, for We're the calling open, you out, Trev. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, like, listen, it's better than I could fucking uh, score, score uh, probably. But give me a shot. We'll find out. But um, <laughs> it was inspirational-sounding music for the opening of this, not, like, action-y or, like, whatever. It yeah. sounded like the music that would play at the end of Homeward Bound when the dogs and cat return. Like, it was like that. And I was like, what a weird note to open this film on. It almost seemed like a joke or, like, mm. a parody. Like, it just seemed weird tonally. I kind of then don't really notice was, the score until the end. movie with Majestic Mountains. Yeah. Oh, ah, yeah. the Rockies specifically, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's so, better movie. Yeah. Oh, Homeward Bound? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I will watch those dogs rock climb all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They also, fought a mountain lion. It's true. Also, uh, that was one of the movies that was better on animal actors than most things of that era. Mm. A lot of things that came out around that time were not so, like, careful with their animal uh, oh, yeah. actors. Didn't Otis and Milo, they drawn, like, so many cats Milo or and Otis basically is, I think I've said this before, but it's basically like the Trail of Tears for, like, puppies and kittens in that fucking mm. movie. It's just fucking, like, a nightmare. But it was made in Japan, and the, the standards for animal care on film are, like, wildly different. And also, I believe they categorized it as a documentary but it's a documentary in the same way those old disney documentaries are where they like push lemmings off a cliff well yeah <laughs> they didn't push them but they definitely were like you guys should run that way and we'll we'll trick you into thinking that's a good idea and they're like look lemmings they do this all the time which is not true anyway <laughs> uh yeah so my little notice is fucked and i can't ever watch it again now that i know the things i know yeah i can't i can't even do it can't do I'm it. I'm sorry. Is that news to you? Yeah. Will? yeah I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's a fucking. It's he's, real bad. He's over here making a face. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you didn't read Hunter's article. I proved <laughs> that. Fucking, I I know a lot of things. Like it's not just those epics where they drowned all those horses. It's like things oh, you yeah. expect to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like casual. You know, like yeah. that's. I love animal actors, but like nothing makes me more uncomfortable at this point in my life than watching animal actors be around anything outside of like normal shit. Yeah. Like, if you're in a movie and you, and you have a horse and the horse is just, like, on a ranch riding around and you put, like, Robert Redford on him or whatever, I'm fine with that. But the instant they're like, and then explosions happen, I'm like, no, because horses, horses don't understand the concept of there's going to be an explosion. Yeah. So that is fucking news to the horse. <laughs> and that's not cool. And, like, you wouldn't be able to do that to children or the elderly or even normal, like, non-children or elderly humans. Anyone in average middle age, you wouldn't be able to be like, and surprise, there's an explosion, because they would fucking sue your ass. Yeah. But, like, wow, you put me right near an explosion, that's incredibly dangerous, but that's what they do to horses basically every war movie. And it makes my skin crawl. We've been watching a lot of, like I said, Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of horse fighting, and I know a lot of it is, like, CG and fake, but I think about it, and I go, like, oh... Like, it's just people getting, like, run over and, like, like collided by, uh, with by horses. And I'm mm. like, oh, fuck. Not for the guy, because fuck him, he's fine. It's... But, like, the horse, I'm like, oh. I'm like, no, nah, that's a fake horse. It's a fake horse. But in my head, I'm like, what if it wasn't a fake horse? Because, <laughs> like, ten years ago, it would have been a real horse. Mm. Yep. Yeah, before CG, they'd be like, well, we have to hit, you know, Paul with a horse. Yeah. And the horse doesn't know he's going to have to tackle Paul. Yeah. Ugh. 
But you were talking about how disappointing uh, John Lithgow's entrance was. Yeah, John Lithgow's, he's introduced with, I mean, with all of them, they're in the plane. They have gas masks on because they're opening the door so they can bring the cases and traverse in. And yeah, I theoretically it was like the an pilot. oxygen mask rig. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah not gas mask. Sorry, oxygen mask. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, like. Uh, Top Gun. Top Gun. <laughs> Tom Cruise. <God> yes. <laughs> so. Yes, also Tom Cruise. Yes. Yeah, yes, they have those on. And they're also wearing, like. Although yeah. it had a weird, like, visor thing to it as well. well. A lot of them, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think anytime I see people in, like, a plane. Well, in stuff, a pl- the, the emergency face. masks are just masks. Yeah. They're just, like, over your face, over your mouth, not yeah, your but eyes. But I mean, also, Top Gun, it's just around your. Well, their helmets mouth. have visors. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's part of a whole gear. Right. But underneath that, they have, like, those ski mask type fa- uh, face Balaclava. mask things. Yeah. Balaclavas, yeah. So it's just, like, the one big hole in the in the front mm-hmm. that's how they're all introduced including fucking john lithgow and he's doing a voice well you just hear yeah. you just hear dialogue yeah and i'm like oh one of these people is john lithgow and it isn't until like near the end of that scene where you actually figure out which one is john lithgow because yeah. also they're in a plane so they're all kind of hunched over so you can't even tell which one's the tall one because he's tall yeah so like you know i'm like one of these guys is john lithgow that's not really a great introduction <laughs> yeah and also he doesn't have like a great he has a good line in this scene yep. it's very yeah. good but they realize they're going down right but that should be the and then he re- un- undoes his mask because like fuck it they're going down like it doesn't yeah. matter like and that should be the dun dun dum. it's john lithgow here's your bad guy like moment but it's not but um so traverse is like trying to buckle himself in because they're going down and john lithgow kind of like you know, it says, like, you might not want to worry about buckling that in. You might not want to survive this. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a good line. He delivers it really well. He's kind of doing a Bond villain voice, yeah. like, a little bit um, throughout yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, kind of try to shoot for British. Yeah, it's and British. It's, I mean, it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I really did not like how a lot of his dialogue was done in this movie. No, there's not a lot of good dialogue in it. No. Stallone is introduced with a, a, a pun. <laughs> Yeah. When he was climbing up to rescue uh, Hal and Sarah, they're like, you know, somebody's like, are you there, Gabe? Like, on the radio, and he's like, I'm just hanging around. Yeah. And I was like, boy. But I was like, okay, cheesy puns, like, one-liners, like, this is 90s stuff. And then that kind of all just falls out. I would have actually enjoyed more of that, and there's none of that. Lithgow, like, is constantly just doing very mustache-twirling one-liner kind of things that are sometimes But they're not not really that many one-liners. Like, a lot of it's... A a lot of the dialogue is like, let's move the plot forward. I guess. It's just like... You know, I mean, he says he says it all with similes and shit, but it's all just like, you know, he's like, put this dog on a leash. Like, yeah. and you're like, okay, and that's fine. And it's a, an okay line, but like nothing else is like on that level. Yeah. And like the, the hero and the villain don't face off until the very end of the film, which isn't impossible to pull off because die hard. Yeah. But like, you know, then you got to have good writing and your characters have to come through and neither, you know, th- those things don't happen here. It's just no. so, it's so, like, it's watching paint dry. So the plane goes down. Yeah. Uh, the boxes are equipped with tracking monitors. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. they'll be able to track them. Traverse yeah. has the thing that tracks them. It's like, I don't know, it looks like, uh, what are those things called? The viewfinder? Yeah, yeah, like the fucking, yeah, it looks like viewmasters. Yeah, like, yeah. It yeah. looks like a viewmaster, but, like, a little bigger, and it's black because it's the government. So yeah, it's apparently it's black. got, like, a thousand passwords that you need to memorize. Yeah, he says there's, like, whatever, 50,000 code variations that change every 15 minutes, and I'm like, dude, you're, like, up for at least 24 hours. It's going on 48 hours by the time this movie, like, ends. You're awake for, like, 48 hours. 
doing all kinds of shit. You were in a plane crash, and you're keeping track of how many sets of 15 minutes it is. Yes. Like, in your head, I was like, I don't buy this. This seems insane. Lithgow's character is Eric Quaylen, who yes. apparently some people that they had considered for this part or wanted for it were David Bowie and Brian Ferry. Brian Ferry? Because I guess maybe they couldn't get David Bowie, so they were like, he's Who's another glammy musician? <laughs> what? I don't know. Yeah. I love Brian Ferry, but that's fucking insane. Right? <laughs> also, not a musical, guys. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it was going to be. Again, better movie. Yeah. And you know what? I guarantee if it was a musical and adding any of the stars is the reason they were like, no, we have to nix all the singing, it was definitely not John Lithgow. Yeah. John Lithgow can sing. Probably Stallone. Yep. I'm going to do a joke I did on the <laughs> fucking Iger section. They're like, all right, uh, and now reading for the part of uh, Gabe, we have Stallone. Okay, thank you. And now singing for the part of Gabe. And he's like, climb every mountain. <laughs> and they were like, no. Uh, guys, it's not a musical anymore. <laughs> Call Lithgow. I know he's warming up. We just brought a crate of lemon uh, honey ginger tea <laughs> to, his, uh, to his trailer, but... It's fine, you can just keep that. We'll just eat the cost of that. God. We'll take it out of that helicopter explosion at the end. <laughs> Good God. I also doubt that because uh, Stallone was one of the co-writers of the screenplay. Wow, what? Yep. I didn't even bother to look that up. That's... Yeah. Michael is that surprising France or unsurprising? And Sylvester Stallone. He writes on a lot of his movies. Yeah, I know. That's true. I shouldn't really be surprised by it, but at the same time, it's like, what did you do to this? Like, what did, <laughs> like, what did you do on this movie? And I bet it's that stupid opening thing that gives him an arc that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, because he's like, my character needs depth, like, or whatever. It's like, why? I honestly don't know This isn't enough, that kind of movie. I don't know enough about Stallone as a writer by himself to be able to pick out, oh, that's, that's a Stallone. Movie. Right, right. You so know? the big thing about Stallone is... A, supposedly he wrote Rocky, but at the same time, supposedly he didn't. Supposedly that was, like, a thing, and he just, like... Yeah. Like, paid off a writer. Yeah. Like, had them, you know, he's like, he's a boxer. And they were like, okay, and he was like, oh, no. So, like, ghostwriting? Yeah, and, like, he paid some, but that's the rumor. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a Hollywood person. I just read a lot, so I don't know what how much of this is true. But, if you were to look at his IMDb, like, it says he's a writer, and he wrote these things, and, like, Oscar, you know, but what, whatever. But, like, then he's also, like, written on things like this where I'm like, what even, like, there's not a good part of this that, like, oh, maybe he wrote that. Like, it's all pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's not even bad, it's just nothing, really. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, is, like, the plot could maybe be serviceable if the dialogue was better. Plot's fine, just because it's, like, it's a plot. It gets everything moving. Yeah. But... Yeah, I actually, I, I, yeah, the plot actually makes sense in a way. Well, they overcomplicated yeah. in a 90s way of being like, okay, well, we have to keep Traverse, uh, Traverse with the bad guys, so there's tension there, just to give them, you know, something to play mm-hmm. off of each other or whatever, but it's like, and so then they give, like, that thing an overly complicated, like, code sequence thing, blah, yeah. blah, blah, which and is just, like, for nothing. Fighting and everything. Right, but it's yeah. like, but in t- 10 minutes or something, they're gonna meet up with Hal, and just keep Hal around. Like, they keep Hal around the whole movie anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, he would already be fighting with Hal. Like, why do we need this third moving part for no... Like, it doesn't add a real dynamic if you have two people that 
perform the same yeah. function. It's it's only cool for the double cross. Yeah, and it's not like he, it's yeah yeah, yeah the that, double cross that was on the plane. pretty fun. Yeah, for a minute. It was kind of confusing. Yeah, but because we didn't get a sense of who anybody was, so yeah. I wasn't really like, oh well, he. They're all white dudes in suits, and yeah. a couple of them have mustaches. That's yeah, kind of what you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, Travers is, Travers is bald with a big mustache, and that's the only way I could distinguish him from every other character actor on this plane. Yeah. And then he happened to be the one that I had to care about, so I was like, oh cool, what's that? I one? mean, it, and it's it's not like there's a lot of infighting because like he's the good guy and he doesn't want to be with these criminals and like no, no he's kind of he's... tried to give him a line like that, but that's really not what yeah, you've been doing he's... this whole movie. Like, yeah, you've killed plenty of people already. You're by yourself without their help. You killed coworkers. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you burned your entire life. Like, you burned your whole job. Like, your whole career. That's hey. a, it's not like a McDonald's job. You can't just go get another one. You Like, you work in the government. You don't know, man. Those motherfuckers might have been stealing his lunch. There might have been a deleted scene where he just never, ever got to have his turkey sandwich. Because somebody else always took a big honk and bite out of it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, maybe. Better movie. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that, maybe the dude, like, the other two dudes on the fucking plane that he double-crossed that thought they were with him and he shot them, like... Maybe the one was, like, a chronic in his cubicle, headphones on, but, like, singing along them at a low volume. Oh, yeah. Travers was just trying to do his fucking paperwork and, and over here. just going, it's not unusual. And, like, it doesn't sound like that would be real annoying, but, man, you got to listen to that all day. Yeah. If he's just on that for, like, a week straight. Or, like, God life. God forbid it was, like, early 90s hip-hop and that dude just can't keep up. Oh, <laughs> he's just, yeah. like, trying to rap along to, like... Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes. <laughs> or, what, 93? Digital Underground? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, and he's, he only knows, like, the choruses. And the rest of the time he's like... <laughs> and fucking Travers is just, like, pulling his hair out. That's why he's bald. <laughs> That's why he's bald. Because yep. he can't fucking take it. Yeah. Because Jimmy and Stu... Are like fucking just fucking the yeah. worst coworkers. Singers and and taking his lunch. Yeah. Just moving the post-its that say Travers. Yeah. And putting it just like flat on the bottom of the shelf, and he's yeah. like, "Where's my Where's my half a hoagie?" Yeah. And fucking Stu's licking his fingers. Son of a bitch. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, maybe, and that's backstory, and that'd be something. Actually, that would be in it by itself. A better movie. <laughs> yeah. Just the inter-office politics yeah. that we just discussed would have made a better movie. Yeah, and it, and it builds to him being like, I know how I'll get revenge on this place that I hate. <laughs> I'll steal, you know, a million, a hundred million dollars yep. and uh, shoot them both in a plane. <laughs> <laughs> and then blow them up in midair. I mean, that's you know a what? big, that's a big revenge. I like it. Yeah. I mean, like, it's the kind of thing that you dream about and he's actually getting to live it. Yeah. Yeah. Better movie. Yeah. So... Everyone that survived this fucking plane crash, which is like, it's Lithgow, there's a lady pilot, there's Travers, there's, I didn't get any of these characters' names, there's a soccer hooligan bad guy, and then one of the henchmen guys is a black dude who, spoilers, turns out to kind of be a ninja, which I didn't realize. (laughs) Yeah, the black guy is Leon. Leon, okay. um, Playing a character named Kinnett. See, okay, I saw Leon, just the mononym Leon in the credits, but... Yeah. I don't think I ever heard anybody call him Kenneth in that in the movie. But once. Oh yeah, I, I missed get it. it. Once when he's telling him to go get Stallone. Like near the near his final yep. like fight. Yep. Okay, so like yep. yeah, all right. I think he goes like Kenneth, go back. Oh okay, yeah. By the time I just like I was just like I don't know. That's, yeah. That's, and you I know. think soccer hooligan is Delmar. Yeah. Played by Craig, Craig? Fairbass. Uh, Fairbrass. Uh, try it again. 
Craig Fair... Uh, I can't say One it. more time. Craig Fairbrass. There you there go. You go. Um, I really dug deep for that one. <laughs> and him, I, I'm pretty sure they don't say his name until, like, he gets his big scene on the mountaintop. Yeah, I didn't hear And then him. they say it, like, four times in that or something, and then once afterwards. And I was just like... Because I, I, like, I didn't even write this down, but I remember thinking, now? Now you give them, like, a name? Because, like, I'm pretty sure no one ever says their name. Like any of these guys until they have like their scene well same thing just from process of elimination i think the the dudes are ryan and heldon okay or they could have just been other dudes in the plane i don't know yeah like you know like yeah theoretically the, the other agents could be ryan and heldon and yeah because there's a couple other machine gun henchmen who just get off like you know along the way yeah and none of them has like character really like right. i said like Kinnett, you said yes so Kinnett and Delmar kind of, like, in, literally in their last, respective last scenes in the movie, they get all their character development. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, until then, they're just part of, like, a group where John Lithgow is dragging Hal along, and they're trying to find the cases. Yep. That's kind of, like, the whole movie. Yep. And then, like, you know, okay, now it's like, well, Kinnett, go do something. And you're like, oh, I see how this guy fights now, and, like, what his style is, and whatever. And, and then he's And gone. he's dead. Yeah, and like, oh, it's Delmar. Oh, okay, he does, he does like this thing, and oh, he's got. And he's gone. Yeah, and he's dead. Yeah, and you're like, okay, okay, like too little, too late, like yeah. super too little, too late. Yeah. I'm not interested in them. Yeah. So watching, you know, you didn't build up my hatred of them except for that they're working with the bad guys. So like, I don't care that they get killed. Like, it's not fun to watch. Mm -hmm. So anyway, they fake a call for help to well, the Rocky Mountain Rescue folk. Yeah, yeah, the lady pilot. Um, who that ah. is her character name is crystal I yes think? yeah she was crystal yeah her name is caroline goodall okay she fakes a call for help yeah and you know she's yeah, like she oh we got we got discombobulated uh, and we didn't expect the weather to come up like it did and i don't know where we are we can see a really tall mountain uh, peak and oh you know uh, tommy's going into shock we need insulin and then lithgow like undoes the radio so yeah. they can't con contact yeah. them again and he, like, turns to fucking Travers and like, we need insulin. Would you have thought of that? And I was like, what fucking does that do? <laughs> like, what? Just because she's good at improv? Yeah, Like, she's like, much. yeah. She's yeah. like, oh, and I'm left-handed as well. And he's yeah. like, mm, left-handed. What a good detail. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, what? Why does that matter? Criminals like, wouldn't lie about that. How would a criminal possibly think of being left-handed or needing insulin? It's like... If, if in the end of the movie, them having insulin on board the helicopter paid off in some way, like, that was part of his plan all along. Like, oh, that's a good improv, because it means that something. But that doesn't mean anything. It's just dumb. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. Like, it's like, oh, and we Charlie's going into shock, and we, need, we have a gluten allergy on board. <laughs> it's like, uh, good job. Excellent work. I think his whole thing was maybe just like, oh, you made it sound urgent and I you guess, know, but like, they're not going to, like, like no, take their time rescuing, like, a downed plane. Yeah. Like, like, like well, as soon no, as they go... it's not a downed yeah, plane. They, they said, said they that were there hikers. were five hikers. Yeah. Oh, they did say hikers. The, you're right. I'm sorry. And that the weather yeah. had come upon them because there, there is a storm rolling in. You're right. I'm um, sorry. They did say hikers. Yeah. Yeah. And that they're, yeah, stranded hikers so that they, they need, like, to be airlifted out. Yeah. Actually, honestly, if you needed an airlift, you should have somebody had an injury. Yeah. But whatever. The storm, yeah, Tommy broke his leg. Yeah, the storm, they can't send a chopper out. Yeah. So this ends up not going ideally. Yeah. Uh, so that's why 
Hal and eventually Gabe go to meet them. Hal's going to go try and save the climbers and Jesse talks to Gabe Gabe and is like, you should go with him. She's like, he could use the backup basically. And like, he's going up the west end of whatever. And if you take the north side, you'll beat him there. And, you know, it's just more of like, oh, you're still fucked up from when you let that lady die. You know, it's not your fault. You should get over it. And he's like, and then he does anyway. So, again, like, the dramatic tension is just gone. Like, he's not struggling with any decisions. He just goes and does it. Yeah. And then he and Hal have a brief, uh, like you mentioned earlier, a brief fight on a cliff where, like, it's like, it's a struggle. It's like a little bit of a wrestle. And then Hal's kind of holding him over the edge. Like, he might drop him. And he's yelling at him. And he's like, it's your fucking fault she died, you know. Yeah. And Stallone's kind of like, if you want to drop me, just drop me. And Hal's like, nah, like, you know, you got to live with it. Yeah. And that's kind of it. And yeah. again, like, it, but it doesn't add much tension. Like, at no point am I ever like, oh, I wonder how that dynamic will play out in the rest of this. Will Stallone try to save his friend? Will they work together? Or, you know, like, it never ever feels like that's a thing. So I, that feels superfluous to the script. That feels like the script already was a script. And then that feels like a Stallone choice to add that backstory. Like, Very possible, yeah. You know, like, because it doesn't affect the way things play out or the dynamic or the way anything works. So it yeah. feels like it was added later. To increase yeah. the dramatics of it. Would this be better if we didn't have the whole Sarah thing? It would be smoother. Yeah. It would start, like, trying, when the action starts. Yeah. It's like, it would be 20 minutes shorter. Yeah, I mean, that's, is, that, that's the part all right. I'd be yeah, that's, most that's jazzed good. about. And, like, okay, so if we're if we're working under the, the pretense that Stallone added this dramatic backstory, is it possible Stallone dropped the more tongue-in-cheek one-liners and zingers that you would traditionally have in an action movie from the early 90s. Maybe. Do you think he was like, that's too silly for the, like, he's adding drama because he wants it to be more dramatic, and so maybe he's dropping things that are too silly? But also, like, there is some silly stuff in here. There is, but Stallone doesn't really do silly the way other actors of his era do. They don't, he doesn't really do one-liners and stuff. Mm. Demolition Man is most of it. Oh, I wish that we had you know, that's, Demolition Man that's, instead of this. Dude, Demolition Man is fucking great. It's totally crazy, and it I is, love it. It is. It's really nuts. But yeah, besides Demolition Man, I can't off the top of my head think of anything Stallone did that's like that. Like, yeah. that's like, you know, because like, that's on par with most of the Arnold I mean, stuff and a lot of the Bruce Willis stuff, especially from this era maybe, of maybe. like wisecracking, lots of zingers, like it's fun, it's poppy, you know? Did, yeah. did Dredd have any of that, or no? Judge Dredd, Dredd or Dredd? Judge Dredd. Judge I mean, Dredd did. Dredd is not a Stallone movie. No, no, Judge that's what Dredd I was, is yeah. A Stallone movie. Judge Dredd did, but it was, it all was like built from the comic. Yeah. And also, he's like the straight man in that movie. Like that yeah, movie. Yeah, I guess it, a lot of that it came doesn't, from, what's Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. It doesn't really feel like a Judge Dredd comic. Like, no, you it mentioned, doesn't. like Dredd, Dread does. Dread does. The film That's Dread great. from 2012 or whatever. I really wished we had watched Dread instead. Yeah. That feels like a Judge Dread comic. Judge Dread the movie from 1996 or whatever it is doesn't really. It feels like a dumb action movie that they wrapped in a Judge Dread rapper. Because, like, half the movie, he doesn't oh, even look like Judge Dredd. Yeah. He just looks he's like Stallone in a black off. t-shirt, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And because he's like, I've been arrested, I am the law, you know, like whatever. And it's also overcomplicated. And because it was the late 90s, there was cloning shit thrown in that doesn't really, it doesn't matter. But it was so topical. Yeah, I mean, it was. And I get I get that that's, it was a hot button issue and that could get your script greenlit. So that was in a lot of things and like everyone talk about it. But at the same time, like none of you explored cloning in a way that made any kind of real sense. <laughs> it was just like, there might be two of me or whatever. And it's like, 
And also, that I mean, a lot of the cloning shit does come from the comic, but that's what they chose to go with when they adapted it to the big screen was like a complicated cloning yeah. thing. You know what happens in Dread? Not clones. We're not here to talk about Dread. No. We're here to talk about... Where were we? Starring oh. Cliff H. Anger. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. Gives you a lot of H. Anger. Yeah, you're, it does. You're, you're Hunter, so your anger is H. Anger. It's all H. Anger, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's my fucking trademark brand of anger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bottle it. I'm going to steal the logo for that Metallica album, St. Anger. And I'm just gonna... <laughs> H. Anger. It's like a hot sauce. I guess mine's just Anger. Ang. <laughs> ang. Okay, you can put Ang from uh, Last Airbender on it. Oh, man. No. <laughs> yeah, but like, Last Airbender, like, white eyes Ang. Like, using all his powers Ang. All right, maybe. <laughs> now you like it. You're like, yeah, yeah that's pretty badass. It's fine. Whatever. So, Rooker and Stallone get to... The fake climbers, yeah, yeah they realize climbers. it's a yeah. ruse. Yes. And then John Lithgow essentially just immediately kidnaps them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's basically like, You're going to. Well, first off, he goes, Where's the helicopter? Yeah. And, and they're, they're like, like, We didn't bring yeah. one. It's impossible, yeah. bro. Yeah, there's a huge storm, so it's just us. So the interface on that um, locator thing that Travers has is like. It's insane to me that we're supposed to believe they those those two climbers know exactly where all three cases oh, are yeah. from this like weird it's early like it's with like kind of an outline of mountains. Yeah, it's mountain shaped, but it's like random grid pattern through it, like that's and supposed to look like anything. It's not even like doing elevation no. in a reasonable way. No, and it's not in three dimensions really. Yeah. And there's just like big blockies beeping light squares on it. And they look at it once, and throughout the rest of the yeah, fucking movie, Stallone knows where all three cases are. And I was like, yeah. how do you even have any idea where those, the cases are? And they're like, it well, just is insane to me. Like, oh, it was on this one, like, peak, and I recognized it. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's insane. You could show me a map of this neighborhood <laughs> that I live in depicted in that same grid thing, and I'd be like, I don't fucking know. And they'd be like, oh, well, that beep, that one beep you said you didn't know where that was, that's your house. I'd be like, oh, cool, I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's insane. It doesn't look like anything. Yeah, I mean, like, they make a big point of, like, oh, you know. It's like uh, an Atari graphic. Yeah, like, yeah. They're like, Gabe knows the mountains backwards and forwards, but, like, that's Right, but this not, isn't a map yeah, or anything. If not, it was a map, if they were like, oh, we pinpointed well, because of the spectrometer or whatever, like we pinpointed that, the thing, then I could be like, sure. You need a goddamn topographical map yes. for it to make any goddamn sense. Yes. I agree. Cause, like, it's insane. Yeah, because mountains, you can have, like, the same location in one direction, but, like, it can be, like, you know, 50-foot difference. Yeah, now we're talking about uh, spatial yeah. relations where yeah. it's, like, there's an X and a Y and a Z axis, and, yeah. like, it could be oh, a Oh, yeah, like, the yeah. first case they get to, he's, like, they're, like, well, where is it? Like, yeah, it's, we're right the, at the thing's beeping, where is it? He's, like, it's above it, I guess. And it's, like, <laughs> how do you know that? Yeah. All you did was could look at basically a drawing <laughs> of a mountain. Yeah, could also have been below you. You yeah. don't fucking know. Yeah, it's on the mountain. It's yeah. probably up. Yeah. <laughs> Probably up. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not up, it's faster to go up and then down than to go down and then up. Just, that might have been it. Maybe. <laughs> I think I but that, it. But that dialogue would make this more interesting. Because it, it gives us some idea of, like, the yeah. way he thinks as a character. Well, also, we find out eventually that Stallone's basically a human toboggan, so... <laughs> he is. This takes a weird fucking turn that is not nearly as fun as it should be in the middle. Also... How come I didn't remember that a bad guy rides Stallone like a fucking toboggan? <laughs> it's like this exact same thing happens in Jack Frost, except Jack Frost is a sentient snowman. <laughs> this is Stallone, who is arguably a human. 
Well, yeah. I mean, his character's name is Gabe T. Walker, so the T must stand for toboggan. Their names, by the way, Rooker is... It's, it's not actually a T. It doesn't no, no, it doesn't matter, but he's Gabe Walker, and uh, Michael Rooker is Hal Tucker. Uh, Tucker. So it's Tucker and Walker, and I was just like, for real, these are the last names you can think of? Yeah. No, I didn't, like, gather their names, really, because I wasn't... Well, they introduced themselves to John Lithgow's character as As Tucker Tucker and Walker. When they did that, I thought they were pseudonyms. I thought they were fake names. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For a second, then I was like, oh, no, I do remember him calling him Walker. Like, I do remember, like, you know. Yep. But I was like, yeah, because I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, that's pretty smart. Like, use a fake name. I was like, it's going to be confusing for me because I'm still trying to remember who everybody's name is. (laughs) And like, okay, so maybe, like, have that in the fucking screenplay. Tucker and Walker. Like, they're best bros. They're best fucking mountain buds. And then... Rock jocks. The rock jocks. Yep, rock jocks. Was that one of your notes? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Um, that's one. One down, two to go. <laughs> and, when you've, and audience, when you've heard the third note, you may go. <laughs> Collect uh, all three of Will's leave. notes and you can turn this off and go home. Leave now while you still can. Yeah, Don't, really. don't. It's a ruse. Don't believe it. Yeah. But yeah, like, give me that. Like, that, like okay, that pointless scene where... Um, sorry, what's his name? The artist guy? banana eating a monkey frank frank in that frank. point that otherwise pointless scene where frank is like painting this thing have like it pan across their accolades tucker and walker rock jock mountain bros rescue again a whole bunch of orphan kittens out of a tree like just like newspaper clipping yeah. so we know they have a history and now they're 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 Dave walker human to, toboggan races but yeah. like the two of them should be like we should know they are the best of friends except now there's friction but then that should also matter. Yes. So, you know, Lithgow's basically like, yes, you're going to pick up my packages since you don't have a helicopter for me. Yeah, and then they basically, like, star wipe to fucking, they're at the first case now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, they just walk off screen, and then they walk into a new scene, and it's them, like, on a ledge, and he's like, it's above us, probably. And they're like, all right, well, you climb and get it, Stallone. Take his jacket and tie a rope yeah, to his, like, insurance. put this dog on a leash. And they, they tie a rope to his ankle. So then they, you know, he can't get away or whatever. So he goes, he climbs up there, no problem. We get to see Stallone climbing, which is like half this movie is like, look how good I could climb, which is weird. Yeah, he had an army of stunt doubles for those. Yeah, yeah. But then there's, yeah, there's like the insert shots of like yeah. Stallone pulling himself up with his yeah. big veiny arms. Yep. Mr. fucking veiny dick arms. Yep. <laughs> for like 15 years running. I think it's the uh, Expendables 3 poster. His fucking arms are so gross and phallic. Like, they should be censored. <laughs> it should look like a goddamn Japanese porno. Yeah. Ugh. Yikes. So, Kinnett, at this point, says one of his two most confusing lines. Which is, like, two of his only lines. Did you write it down? Because I... I did. I, I heard it and didn't understand it. He says, if you're thinking of saying something, don't. And I was like, to who? The money case? Well, and also, like, the way he says it is so menacing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is like, he's like, really dialed it up. A hunter said it, and it's like, okay, that's a thing you could say to somebody. Like, but if you're like, thinking about saying something, don't. Yeah, and and it's, it's all like, up in Hal's face. Yeah, like looming over yeah, Hal. Yeah, just like, too close, you can, smell what, you can and, smell what he had for lunch. Ugh. like. But it's just like, it doesn't make sense in the context of what's going on in that scene. No. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, because he, he says that in response of Hal saying, like, 
oh, don't forget to check your rope. Oh, like, like just something totally innocent. Just like, and like, I, like, I, oh, I, I get yeah. that the implication is like, don't try to talk to each other in like mountain climber code, <laughs> because like you guys probably have a secret code for if we get hijacked by fucking like jewel thief money thieves, you know, yeah. like whatever, because that's super likely, and you definitely have a secret code for that. But he's that's the implication oh, yeah. is like, we, don't we try to talk do. in code, but it doesn't make sense. Like, well, and I could, also, I and could see if I was Hal, I'd be like, what? <laughs> if I was Michael Rooker, I'd be like, fuck did you just say? What? What does that mean? I could see him maybe doing that in response to kind of like being like, shut up. If or, he was like, don't take his coat. Yeah. Or like two minutes later. He's going to climb a fucking rock face. Right, right, right. Or like two minutes later when they're like, okay, when he brings the cash down, we're going to shoot him. Yeah. Then he could say it to Hal and be like, if you're thinking of saying something, don't. Because then it's like, don't warn your friend. Yeah, that would yeah. make sense. But yeah. the place he says it is a weird place that makes no sense. And all three of us went, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Do you think they got, like, the script They edited it up? wrong? Or, yeah. yeah, like, you know, somebody, Ooh. like, stapled, like, page four <laughs> to page six. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I got a rewrite. Okay, what's your rewrite? I say my line, but I say it before I'm supposed to say it. <laughs> well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm Kinnett. Okay. I'm Leon. I got one name. Yeah. Who the fuck is Leon, by the way? Is he anybody or anything? I've uh, never heard of him, but so, he has one name, so that seems like he yeah. is important. So, on the Imdaba, I was trying to look at, like, if he did other movies, and nothing that I had seen. So we, Apparently, you, he's got, like, 78 credits. So Although, you, I mean, some of it's, like, television. So, you could refer to him as Leon the Unprofessional. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, better movie. Uh, Leon. Oh, Leon. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Luke Besson. Uh, I forgot to mention him on the last podcast as one of the directors that I will see anything that he makes. Yeah. 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 I don't know. He's got credits. I thought maybe he might have had, like, a music career Well, so he kind of did, you know, some karate but... shit later in the end, so I was like, maybe he's, like, a martial artist guy. Yeah. But I didn't know him from either, you know, whatever. And, like, I watched a lot of movies from this era, and, like, he didn't seem familiar to me at all, really, so... I so mean, then, one of the dead meat henchmen, he has a machine gun that also has, like, a grenade launcher on it. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite thing in the movie basically happens, which is, John Lithgow's like, send the money down. And uh, Stallone's like, boo, boo. and then they're like, he's going to try something, so let's just fucking pull him down. So they're trying to pull him down by his uh, ankle rope, and he uses some kind of climbing. Uh, oh, it's his. Uh, it's the spikes they put on their shoes when yeah. they have to climb ice. Crampons? Is that what crampons are? I think so. I think yeah. that's what crampons are. Okay. Yep, it is. Yep. Good okay. call. <laughs> um, so yeah, he he's got the crampons like you know hanging t- tied to his utility belt thing, and he uses them to like sever the rope. So John Lithgow's like shoot him, and uh, so this dead meat guy goes out and just starts firing like basically straight up a mountain face. Like that's supposed to even kind of work, and like. You know it's nonsensical because, like, as a director, Rennie Harlan can't even invent a shot that looks like it's possible he might yeah. get hit with a bullet. <laughs> yeah. It's like a guy shooting up off screen, and then it's Stallone kind of in too close, laying back a- away from the edge, like, against the, you know, the next, like, cliff wall. But, like, at no point does it really seem like he might get hit with a bullet at mm-hmm. all. And it's just, like, it's so dumb and-, and poorly constructed. And then the guy decides, like, bullets are not working. I will fire grenades. And he fires grenades. You know, it is a decision a lot of us have come to. It's true. Usually, though, it doesn't cause an avalanche, which is, like, my favorite thing that happens because once the avalanche starts, this dude tries to shoot an avalanche. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of great. It doesn't get enough fucking attention paid to it, and he gets killed. 
And, like, again, the avalanche, I guess it was out for revenge because it only killed one guy. Yeah. They're all on a tiny ledge with no fucking cover, but that's the only dude that gets killed. Yeah. And Stallone throws the money over the case. It hits a rock. It splits open. And all the goddamn money, you know, flies well, yeah, he well, does no, it. He, in the... he had already opened it himself. He yeah. did, but he then bashed he bashed th- it with a rock. Yeah, he bashed it open, but then he Which, like, okay, then so he threw he, it again. Yeah, he bashes it open with a rock. For one, um, it's like this is supposed to be like high. We threw these high, fuckers out of a plane. Yeah, high security. High security. Blah yep. blah blah. Although, yeah, he is Stallone, and he does have a rock. It's true. Both those are facts. Anyway, it's ridiculous that he was able to open it with a rock. It Second, is. Second, yeah. because, oh, and they were also sealed with these, like, mag locks that you need, like, a oh, special yeah. security card for. He has no problem opening them for the entire yep, goddamn yep, movie. Yeah, opens yep. them real easy. Some of them he just, like, opens without even a problem. Yeah. But, the third uh, one, he just straight up opened it. Yeah, like, he, he just throws opened it, like, it down. A briefcase. He throws the first case down in the middle of the avalanche, so therefore they think he fell off. Yeah, he might yeah. have died. And is it... Lithgow yep. says, like, well, your friend just had the most expensive funeral in the world. And I was like, that's probably not true, though. Yeah, I would like to b- b- break in with uh, one of the things that I was Googling. <laughs> one of the things I looked up when I wasn't watching the movie because it's a... And that was most expensive funerals historically. You have a list? Yes. How many? Give me the top three. We don't got time for this. So, the thing is, okay, I have the top three. Gabe would have been the third. Really? Mm. Yes. All right. So, oh, wait. No, he wouldn't have. He would have been the f- fourth because it's 100 million Split and he up. has about 30 million. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 33. Yeah. 33 million in the case. Okay. Yeah. This is according to successstory.com. The number one funeral in history would be Alexander the Great for what would be today about 600 million because he was in a gold casket pulled by horses with, like, gilt armor and shit. Okay. Amongst other funerary ridiculousness. Okay. The Pageantry. Second, yeah, the second most expensive funeral historically is Ronald Reagan. <laughs> okay. $400 million. Dollars. Really? Yes. Also gold casket, also gilded armor. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I didn't get lot details of, on all these. A lot of jelly beans. <laughs> um, number three at $40 million is Kim Jong-il. Oh. Really? Yes. All right. That makes sense. And then sense. number four would be Gabe with his $30 million funeral. Alexander the Great, Ronald Reagan, Kim Jong-un, and... Ill. Ill. Oh, Kim Jong-il, and Gabe Walker. Yep. History's for greatest <laughs> dictators. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, well, no. you know, if you kill a couple of people, you're a murderer. But if you kill thousands, you're a conqueror. conqueror. Yeah. Which is another thing John Lithgow says in this movie, and also something that would be true at least of Alexander the Great, if nobody else from that list of yeah, 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 expensive right. funerals. Yeah, that's well, I that's mean, interesting. Also, oh, you! Well, I feel like some of the pharaohs probably had pretty high-priced funerals. If I would you could imagine. put a dollar value on the fucking pyramids, because yeah, yeah, and yeah. to, yeah. That's to a be high fair, the cost. top the top three funerals did kill thousands of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so Gabe would have been in the top three, though, because uh, Kim Jong-il... It's 40, and he would have had 30. Right, but Kim Jong-il... Died before this. Oh! Or died after. Died after this. Yeah, Gabe died first. is 1993, so... 
but we're talking of all time historically. Oh, he so, did say of all time, yeah. So, oh, yeah, he still wouldn't have been number yeah, one. Yeah, he would have. He but he would have been no, top three. No, but I'm saying he would have gotten bumped down. Oh yeah, yeah. By Kim Jong Il. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, as did, of the when, time of when screening, when did Reagan die? Oh, maybe it was after '93. It, so, was, it was after '93. Yeah. yeah. So then, Cape would have been number two. Would have gone. <laughs> would have gone Alexander the Great, and then Cape. <laughs> Which actually, I mean, you know. Oh fuck, that's funny. That's not bad. <laughs> so I mean, okay, John looked out, pretty close. Yeah. Wasn't the most expensive funeral, but it was yeah. the second Dude. most expensive Dude, Ronald, funeral. Ronald Reagan died in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It seems like longer ago. Yeah. Well, that was. Yeah, fun. that was actually a much more accurate statement than my research had led me to believe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So they move on to case two. Stallone fucks off up the mountain because he has no jacket and the storm is still coming in and he goes to some, like, old Jefferson's cabin or something, which is in the Jefferson Pass or whatever. I'm making up this name. But, you know, the entire time that this that the first case shenanigans was going on, Jesse was trying to contact Hal on the radio. Yeah. And... She does keep going, it like, just keeps Yeah, in. and come it in, just Hal. keeps happening. So John Lithgow decides, like, tell her it was a fake call... And there's no one there, and that you're going to take shelter throughout the storm. So he goes, hey, it's me, it's Hal. It was a fake call. There's nobody, no no climbers. Um, I'm going to take shelter in the old Jeffert. And, like, Lithgow yanks the walkie-talkie away. So she figures out, like, well, the only place, you know, near there that he could take shelter would be Jefferson Valley in the cabin thing. So she goes there and gets dropped off from the helicopter. Yeah. And she goes, well, she's already in there when Stallone finally gets there. And yeah. he, like, busts Which, in and he's freezing to death. Also, like, why isn't this dude, like, losing nubbins to frostbite, man? Yeah. Because he is ill-prepared for the weather for this entire fucking movie. Which, again, feels like... Like, everybody else like has Stallone got was like, Yeah, because it was at I least... Look sexy. He was out in the, like, below, like, Arctic temperatures for uh, the at least... The night goggles a- were doing, like, 11 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. So, yeah. like, and he was out there for at least a half an hour because she said it t- it's a half an hour climb yeah. from where she was dropped off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so at the bare minimum, it's 30 minutes that he's out there. And he was out there longer because he was not wearing a shirt before she left and he got there after her. Yeah. So, yep. yep. Yeah, it seems like he should be like, I give you my nipples. Oh, God, they're turning <laughs> black. Like, yep. Oh God! Somebody has to save my nipples. Yeah. <laughs> Losing some pinkies or whatever. Yeah. You know. But he just stumbles yeah. in. And he kind of just looks sweaty, and she's like, "Oh, you're freezing." And then she, I think, breaks a display case to to save like I guess, it's it's a display case of like the <laughs> the world's first mountain climbing sweater. <laughs> she puts it on Stallone, and a it fits, which is no, <laughs> no, no way, no way a, a mountain climber from like. The 1430s was built like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. No, was it a sweater that a bear wore? Like, I that's mean, insane. They don't have the same gear as they did today, so they had to be able to just like lift themselves up these fucking mountains. <laughs> True, but you ever see like old photos of like anybody that climbed Mount Everest? They all look like average build dad bod guys. <laughs> None of them looks like Jason Momoa. Like, uh, they all look like like English professors. Yeah. Not one of them can lift, bro. Like Moe's in the Marianas Trench. He's not up in Everest. It's yeah, like right. diametrically I, I, Okay, I get it. Aquaman. Aquaman. My man! I know, I know. Uh-huh. But, seriously, like, there's no way this sweater would fit 
Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I just think it's silly that it's like found clothing and you found it. Like, that's always ridiculous when people in movies find clothes that look amazing on them. It's like, oh, I got shot. Oh, I found a t-shirt. Like, I grabbed a random t-shirt yeah. off a table in a Sears. And it's like, oh, it's the best fitting t-shirt in the world. And I pulled this off of a guard and I'm really rocking it in a way that he never could. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, I knocked this guy out because we are the exact same build. And ah. I'm like, all right. People take people's shoes and stuff that they fit. Yeah. Like there, no, are, there are maybe. movies, there are no. movies and shows and stuff where like you see them like measuring the shoe and be like, I think that looks like it would fit, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Because yeah, well, in other stuff, it's just like, I oh, I, was... I karate chopped this guy in the neck, and now I'm wearing all his clothes because we are exactly the same build, exactly. I... He fills Maggie in on. I keep calling her Maggie. It's Jesse. She's <laughs> Maggie on on Northern Exposure. So he fills Jesse in on what's going on. Then they set out to fuck shit up together. Like that's basically it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then they do the best thing, which could have been better. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they find case They find case two. two. They beat these guys to case two, which I'll give this movie that. They say he knows the, the whole area like nobody else. Yeah. So I'll give that he can, like, shortcut his way, that he knows how to get there. But, like... And that he has the ability to yeah, take oh yeah, shortcuts. That yes. doesn't even, that doesn't even yeah. seem improbable because yeah. it's Stallone like he definitely that because, that that yeah. works he's a rock climber so he can rock climb not only is he a rock climber but he's Stallone the yeah. rock climber yeah. like yeah. yeah if I can climb the mountain I'll just move it just pick <laughs> it up and carry it over here then I walk over and put it back that'd be fine I get it he's you know yeah he's Stallone the mountain climber that doesn't even that doesn't even the break naked it. yeti yeah basically yeah the Italian stallion or the spaghetti yeti ha yes <laughs> T-shirts. Yeah. Ah. Everybody gets a spaghetti yeti t-shirt or pin. Fuck. <laughs> That's my fucking wrestling name now. I'm taking this out so I can wrestle as a spaghetti yeti. <laughs> I don't know if you're hairy enough. I will get hairy. Okay. I will just... I'll buy a bunch of Rogaine, crack all that shit open, put it in the tub, and roll around in it. Okay. Um, so, okay. Sure. They beat them to case number two. So what he does is pops it open no problem, takes out the tracking thing, and then builds a snowman and puts the tracker in it because as they, they're like, it's up here, it's around here somewhere, you know, Lithgow and crew. And they see the snowman and there's like a dollar bill in its yeah. hand or something. Thousand dollar bill. Thousand dollar bill, sorry, yeah. yeah. One of them. Uh, like on its like little stick arm or whatever yeah. that says like, want to trade? Yep. So then Travers like hauls off and punches the snowman in the face and I so badly wanted Stallone to have put a rock in it. <laughs> it would have been so goddamn funny and gratifying if Travers goes to punch this thing and just, like, breaks his hand. And Stallone's like, I put a rock in the snowman. It's going to make him real mad. When he punches it, hey, he's going to hurt his hand. <laughs> it would have been great. And then it cuts... Although it cuts to the. It cuts he's to he. He's not really a, a machinator. He's not. He built a, a snowman. Yes, to mock them, but not like because he's literally the machinator. He's not like anticipating everything that they're doing. He just knows that they want the cases, so he's gonna go get the cases first. I know, but like, would it be so much more gratifying? Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think that his character is like that forward thinking. I think anybody that builds a snowman should. Definitely, definitely would have put a th thought to put a rock in that snowman's head. If if if, if the whole the whole you know? message of your snowman is fuck you, you know? I feel like you definitely would have thought to put a rock in it. Can you get in your time machine and tell eight year old me to do that? Because there was like a few winters where some like older like neighborhood guys would wreck me and my brother's snowman. Oh yeah, I would have been eight. He would have been six. So like we were little kids. Yeah, and. 
Yeah, if we had done a rock. No, it's fine. That's what children are for. <laughs> you teach them the important lessons like, hey, kids, I'm going to teach you how to build a snowman. And now I'm going to teach you how to fucking bury a cement block in that snowman. <laughs> because at some point, someone's going to try and fuck that up and fuck them. <laughs> You're the best dad ever. I know. <laughs> Speaking of winter fun activities, this is where another dead meat gunman rides Stallone mm. down yeah, the mountain man. like a human toboggan. They kind of trade. Yeah, well, so it starts with the the one dude's using, like, the night vision goggle or monocle. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like the crazy, like, sniper night vision thing where it is one, like, six-inch long, like, eye Piece. lens thing. Yeah, yeah which sits off off of your face it's like a you know big old face mask thing and it's all all adjustable and he's kind of doing a silence of the lambs like walking through the woods and you know trying to find uh stallone and uh, jesse jesse yeah stallone gets the drop on him because of course he does yeah Yeah. and he pulls out a flare because night vision goggles are weak against flares yeah stallone tackles the guy they end up like tumbling down the mountain and the guy's riding stallone yeah it's fucking it's insane it's so crazy i was like no, I did not just see that. And it cut <laughs> yeah. to, like, John Lithgow. And I was like, he should 100% see this and be like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, but he doesn't. And I was like, uh, and it just cuts back and it's still happening. And yep. I was like, this is the longest, craziest shit. Yeah. And then Stallone punches him. Yeah, Stallone, nice, like, rolls over on top of him. A nice, foley little thwack. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, Stallone rolls on top of him and pushes his head down. Yeah, he's, like, the grinding snow. his face in the snow. And then, like, the so guy, like, lifts like, his face back up and it's all, like, torn up and frostbitten. Yeah. And, like, snow burned. And he's like, ah! Yeah. And then uh, Stallone notices that they're coming to a cliff. So he, he pulls out his, uh, like, pickaxe, rock climbing, climbing axe. axe. Yeah. And as the human sled flies off the edge, Stallone, like, embeds the climbing axe in and manages to not fall, because, of course. Yeah. Which I also don't think that's how climbing axes work. If there's too much forward thrust, he'd just end up pulling it off the edge. Yeah. I mean, unless, the, on the off chance, you got it wedged in. But no, it's all ice. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think that's, no. A lot of people were like, the climbing in this sucks. Yeah. It's not accurate. We're, we were three of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you mean not accurate. Thing. I just, just meant boring. Uh, earlier than this, they showed the bolt gun thing. The opening scene. Um, yeah. When they're rescuing Sarah, failing to save her life, that thing. Stallone, you know, one of the things on his, like, utility kit is a bolt gun so that he can, like, bam, like, air gun this bolt into the rock. It's like a, a nail gun, but for a climbing anchor. Yeah, uh, it allows them to attach the line so that they can winch it tight and then they can climb across. Yeah. And that's a big thing for, like, people being like, the climbing in this is not accurate, is that, like, you can't do that because that's not how rocks work. Using something like that would just explode the rock around yeah. it. But I guess it's boring to watch somebody screw in an anchor or, or tap it in using a hammer. Oh, we yeah, that's that. what's boring. Yeah, yeah, they were like, oh, man. <laughs> no, they were probably, the meeting was probably like, can you imagine how boring this will be if on top of what this movie is, we also just have to watch like two minutes of him screwing in an anchor? <laughs> it's like, that's true. That would make it just marginally worse. <laughs> It's like, man, this is literally the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. And it's like, well, do you want me to spit on it? It's like, well, no, I guess I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of just that. Also earlier, before Stallone went to see Jesse at her horse farm, he runs into these two guys. You know, sorry, one aside. I don't know if it's necessarily a horse farm. I think that's just her horse friend. 
Okay. I think Fine. it's just she's just her horse Fine. lover. Going. <laughs> okay. When he's driving to Jesse's house to go hang out with her and her horse lover, possibly named star. possibly named uh, Thor. Thor. Possibly Thor. Possibly Thor. He's driving, and these two guys are driving who are like kind of like snowboarder dudes. Yeah, they're early '90s cliches. Um, They're they're, oh man, like oh what's up? Yeah, what's up, bro? Yeah, they reminded me of like if the young bucks were uh, yeah mountain climbers in the early '90s, this would have been them. And they're just like two like good time dudes partying, and the one is wearing loud pants. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, and they're just like oh hey Gabe man, are you gonna come to blankety blank summit with us? Uh, They're free uh, like free divers or whatever that is. Base jumpers. Base jumpers. They're base jumpers. Yeah. Um, so they're like, yeah, we're going to be They climb two tall points, yeah. and then they parachute down off of them. It's yeah. very dangerous. It's it actually is. more dangerous than doing it out of a plane. Because you're closer to things that can crush your skull. Yeah. Theoretically, in the air, nothing around. Jumping off a mountain, you're right next to a mountain. You have less margin for error for when you open your chute and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a lot closer to the ground. Yes. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, it's going to be the sickest jump ever, bro. And he's like, no, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I hope that whatever job you've been doing in Denver for eight months since that horrible incident hasn't made you afraid of heights. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go now. (laughs) Also, apparently a reason why Stallone was stoked to do this project is that apparently he had a fear of heights and thought it would help him get over it. Oh, so this is like immersion therapy for him? I guess. But again, like it's IMDBA, so I can't speak to the uh, veracity of that because it didn't, it wasn't independently verified. Right. Yeah. It'd be interesting if all celebrities, like, if that was how they approached everything. It, it like, really would. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what happened with Arachnophobia and John Goodman. Is that true? No. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> if he's like, yeah, I took this role because I fucking hate spiders, and I was like, I'm going to make a movie where I'm around spiders all the time. I'm going to use that. Yeah. I'm just really going to use that. God, I wish we had done Portrayal of how much I hate spiders. <laughs> Arachnophobia is good. Yeah. So, the, so these two, was, these yeah, two so. legally not Pauly Shores. Yeah. Like, these, these characters are 100% the same dudes from Biodome, just played by yeah. two different actors that are not Pauly Shore and whichever Baldwin that was. Steven? I think it was Steven. It was one of the also-rans of Baldwin's. There's a lot of them. So is this the part where they come out of the woods? Yeah, well, so, like, yeah, yeah I was going to say, we saw these guys earlier. We saw them base jumping earlier. Yeah. But I didn't mark it down because it wasn't necessarily relevant. No, and then, and then we the have storm them come back. Yeah, the storm catches them off guard yeah. as well, so they spend the night in what they keep referring to as Tent City. But it is one tent, which it's not city, guys. It's one tent. Sorry, it's got to be at least two tents to be Tent City. They come out of the woods and they see Hal in in the company of all these fucking crooks, and they're like, "Oh, Hal, bro, did you get caught in the storm too? Oh yeah. Oh, are you stuck escorting a bunch of dumb climbers? Ha 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 ha." Hal's like, dude, they're Michael Rooker, you know, just like, they're, they're just kids. Don't, don't kill them. And John Lithgow's like, I won't kill them if you don't give me a reason to. Now go, go be friendly, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And he starts walking towards him. And then one of the gunmen, I think, just like decides to open fire. Or he sees him going for the gun like he's going to open. And then Hal's just like, Ron, get yeah. out of here. Yeah. And so then he opens slow-mo. fire. Yeah. Is a blonde guy gets killed? Blonde guy gets shot in the back. The other guy who's like got shorter hair, curly, curly hair. Um, he makes it away. He does. This is the second time in this movie that my note says does the impossible. He has a backpack with him, and out of the backpack, he takes his base jumping chute, 
which is, you know, it's a full parachute. So it has leg straps, it's got a waist strap, and shoulder straps. Yeah. And he manages to put that on while in a full run through the woods dodging gunfire. Yep. And then he runs to a cliff and base jumps off. Yep. Doesn't yell anything funny or cool at all. No. And then he gets stuck in a tree well, and I guess gets knocked out. He's too busy trying to shit his pants because he's getting shot at. I guess, but like... <laughs> But, like, if I did that, I would 100% yell, I don't Something know. cool! Yeah, or, like, I fucking love Bear <laughs> Island. <laughs> like, something. If you if you might get shot on your way down, you yeah. want your last words to be anything. King in the North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, anything, really. Air Bud. <laughs> Air Bud, yeah. <laughs> Air Bud forever! Get, get it? Because he's high. kind of stonery. Yeah. yeah. The Dude Bros. Yeah. Um, so he gets stuck in a just parachute gets like stuck in the lower branches of a tree and he's like knocked out but he is literally like one foot off the ground. Yeah, he's just like dangling from yeah. this tree. And then we kind of forget about him for a little bit. Yeah. So So what happens is Stallone and Jesse they go into a cave and they're going to be going through this cave and then Stallone like enters into a wider antechamber room and he just kind of goes like oh shit. And then Jesse comes through and she's like, hey, we're in a cave. It's fun. And he goes, no, no, no. And it's because you see there's fucking bats yeah. everywhere. Yeah, he puts he his like hand, puts his hand down and, and then looks at it. And it's not the secret of the ooze, which I briefly was like, ooh, Ninja Turtle's going to be in this. <laughs> yeah, and Will's like, oh, more water. Because they'd been going up like a waterlogged shaft. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. like uh, uh, drippy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real drippy. And yeah, and I was like, ooh, guano. So then it's just, like, CG bats just fucking... Yes, there were supposed to be real bats. Apparently, Stallone and Turner are afraid of bats and didn't want to actually be around actual bats. They were huh. going to have some live ones and put some, like, digital ones in, and they're like, no, just do all digital. No, I don't want digital. <laughs> She's like, That's why I, I never tried out for Batman. Yeah. Too many bats. <laughs> so then we get... This is... I keep saying my favorite thing. So there's, like, three things in this movie that are worth this movie, but... I, you, you could just cut them out of the movie and make like a five minute clip reel and it would be just as good. Are we talking about the high point of the movie oh, right now? Wait, no, wait, wait. this is uh, not so, the high point. Yeah, it's the chopper because Frank's going to go out and find uh, Hal because he hasn't come back. Yeah, Frank is like... Or I'm Hal gonna... or, or Jess, have neither of them yeah. come back. So he's like, yeah, Everybody's I'm going to go missing. out there. Yeah. And he's going to go out there and find out what's up. Smash cut to wolf eyes. Yeah, well, so he, yeah, he was using a thermal signature and he's on the radio with people yes. being like, yeah, I'm, I'm using the thermal signature. I'm going to find them. And yeah, stuff. I see a thermal reading below. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go down there and see what's up. Yeah. Smash cut to wolf eyes. And I laughed so hard because yeah. it's so weird. It yeah. comes out of nowhere. And it turns out. Wolves are hot. Yeah, it turns out wolves <laughs> are so hot right now. Um. <laughs> So it turns out wolves have been drawn to uh, the short-haired bro dude base jumper who is, like, bleeding from yeah. some injury. Yeah, he's, he's still in a tree. And apparently he's still he's unconscious kind of and still only, like, one foot off down. the ground. Yeah. So the wolves are, like, literally licking his, like, ankle. Yeah. <laughs> that's how close to the ground he is. Yeah, mm, and then Frank runs up, yeah. fires a gun, scares him away, gets him down. Cut to the rope bridge. There's a rope bridge across, like, a canyon. My next note is cave fight. Oh. Yeah. What's the cave the, fight? The dude, Kinnett, stays oh, behind Kinnett. Okay. to 
They're on they, route. They're yeah. trying to find the third case. They're yeah, on their way to. Yeah, I think they to... hear them behind or something. Or maybe yeah. they get on the radio. Yeah, Gabe and Jesse yeah. are making their way through the cave system after the whole bat thing. And so I think the thing is their voices are, like, echoing. Okay. And um, they're trying to climb up, like, a shaft, like a chimney. Yeah. Um, it's kind of half covered by snow, and the snow's, like, melting, so it's wet and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And eventually, like, Stallone climbs up and pushes his way out. But Kinnett saw, like, he heard him and saw, like, where it was going to happen and ducked behind some rocks. Yeah. So then Stallone comes up, and he thinks everything's good, and Stallone's like, Jesse, come on, climb up. Then Kinnett, like, stands up and basically tells him, like, if you give me the money, I'll let the girl live. And he's like, I burned it. And he's like, I don't believe you. And he's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, they, they do this basically twice. And then Stallone just pulls his climbing axe, like, out from the hole where Kinnett couldn't see it under the snow. And, like, clips him in the leg. Yeah, he gets him, like, across the shin with Yeah, it. or something. And then um, and he's like, die. Yeah, Kinnett falls. And Stallone, like, dives back into the chimney. And he and knocks she, the window himself. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, are you cool? Are you, you yeah, know, she, okay? uh, Kinnett's, like, firing down after him. Yeah, and, he is. And then he, mm-hmm. but then he gives chase. He goes into the cave. And then they get into a fist fight. Yeah. And this is when we learn that Kinnett is a ninja, kind of. Yeah, yeah he kind of knows, like, some karate He kind of does stuff. some karate. He's also got a real Rambo knife. Yeah, he's got uh, one of those knives with brass knuckles in the grip. Yeah, but uh, in, like, like a it's chest got that, like, holster thing. Edge yeah, and stuff. But yeah, he gets in a fight and he pulls that out and he just keeps not killing Stallone. And then he says his second baffling line. He's like, "It always amazes me in this day and age that a man would put money above the safety of him and his bitch." Yeah, which, which I also, guess is supposed to be we, that Stallone. He thinks Stallone's bitch. lying. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I guess he thinks Stallone is just lying to protect the money. Yeah. I guess. Well, and I guess that's the way, like, he would think that that would go, because, like, who would burn, you know, that kind of money? Except yeah. Except that, you know. It's just so, it's such a yeah. weird thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Stallone grabs him by the throat and the nutsack. Yep. And hoists him up. He deadlifts him above his head, impaling him on a stalactite? Yes, it is stalactite. From the ceiling. That was the most surprising and exciting part of this movie. Yes. Yeah, we all went, holy shit, what? <laughs> and I think it was Allison. I think you said, well, there goes your R, because this is yeah. R-rated. And I was like, that's true, yeah. Yeah, that's up until where the this, R came wait, from. Wait, was it? No, I think it was you. <laughs> Might have been yeah, you. I yeah, I think it was me. It was Will. Because up until this point, I mean, sure, there have been a lot of character deaths, but they're mostly fairly bloodless. Like, you see people get shot and bleed yeah. like you know yeah, and like connect gets li- clipped in the shin by squibs. the yeah but not gratuitous right you see blood yeah. fall out of like cut wounds and stuff yeah. like through their clothing but like it's not yeah it's not very I, violent i think the bloodiest thing was the four feds that got killed in the beginning on, yeah on and the even plane that, that they were hijacking like a gratuitous amount no, no no but it was just like a lot of squibs and it was several people dying mm-hmm. very quickly yeah, but you like, know? and then also the one guy gets back up and like he's kind of got the red like teeth and yeah, stuff, and yeah. you know his his jacket's all bloodied. Yeah, and after the crash, like one guy's bleeding from his head. Yeah, yeah, like we've there's, had some blood. There's blood, yeah, but none of it blood. feels gr- especially gratuitous or like yeah, it's very worth an R rating. And then this happens, and I'm like, the fuck, like what movie is this? <laughs> like where yeah. did this come from? Because this feels like a totally different movie. Yeah. A like, movie I'd rather be watching. Right. Yeah. This is a movie I'd rather watch. Like, a movie where, sure, it's not, like, realistic, but, like, it's fun and crazy. And you're, like, that's what you want out of an action movie, especially in the 90s. The only reason to set a fucking action movie in the world of mountain climbing is to kill people with mountain shit. Yeah. Kill people with 
crampons. Kill people with a goddamn, you know, uh, carabiner. Like, mm-hmm. With do the climbing something. axe, which yeah. we didn't get. We right. just got a maiming. Right. Do something with all this stuff that you don't get if this were a normal fucking action movie set on the ground or in a city. Like, yeah, you're not going to get somebody, like, who has all this shit with them that it would be an interesting way to kill people. Or, like, yeah, the slight thing is great. Like, it's not even my first... If you were asking me to, like, think of a bunch of interesting kills for mountain climbers, I don't think I would have come up with that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. But it doesn't fit in this movie because it's literally too good for this movie. (laughs) Yeah. It's insane. It is. And also, like, he just, like, hoists him up, blood falls on Stallone, and Stallone just, like, drops his body. And I was just like, kind of would have been better if he left him up there. Like, it was like he was stuck now. (laughs) I know it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't need to. It's kind of great. Yeah, we've already done things that mountains don't do. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, you bend the rules a little. Like, just bend the rules to make it more fun. He's just dangling there like a deceased chandelier. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I like that. I really like that, like, delayed laugh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 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 deceased chandelier. That's fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) That's the movie this should have been, especially from Rennie Harlan. I I think I mentioned this earlier. Rennie Harlan directed A Long Kiss Goodnight, which is such, I mean, it's a Shane Black script, so, like, it already has dialogue for days. Yeah inventive action shit but like it's well directed and fun and like it keeps moving and like this has everything the opposite of that also i have a problem with just the relations to everything in this movie i at any point i had no idea where anybody was in relation to anybody else Hmm. and they don't they are just on a mountain or maybe it's a different mountain or maybe it's the same mountain but it's a different side of the mountain you don't fucking know and like they seem to be able to get anywhere at any time relatively easily it's like a fucking shakespeare play they exit the scene and they enter the next scene like you never see them traveling from a to b no they just walk to the next incident in comparison with the other climbing movie we did Iger sanction at least in the Iger Sanction, we see some climbing. They make some progress. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's got climbing in it. Yeah. You got some sense you, of scale and stuff. Yeah. And there's a legit montage yeah. in that movie. Yeah. 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 It's so. better filmmaking. Better filming, too. The camera work was better. Yeah, yeah. The camera work in this is very boring, very yeah. static, a little too close. Yeah. And I don't know if that's, like, the result of the difficulties of filming on a mountain, which I'm sure are many. Or if it was just, like, a weird stylistic choice. But again, like, Rennie Harlan's directed things that I like more than this. And, like, direction-wise, I like them better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so that's a bummer. At some point, I think, before Kanet goes down into the cave, he's in radio contact with John Lithgow and others. Yeah. And they're like, oh, did you kill him? And it's like, no, but I'm gonna. And they're like, he's like, no, you fucked up. You come back, you know? Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm gonna get him. And he basically tells... Crystal. Crystal, like, oh, we're gonna plant some C4 and stuff and just blow the cave. That's right. There's a weird thing that happened there where Michael Rooker grabs the walkie-talkie and he yells into it like, "Look out! They got a bomb! It's right above yeah. your head!" and whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it it they didn't do the walkie-talkie effect on his voice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when Stallone hears it, it just sounds like Michael Rooker's like in the next room yelling <laughs> to him. And I was like, "Is it supposed to be like his voice echoing because they're in the same like cave system?" Which is fine and would make sense. But then why have him grab the walkie? Yeah. Right. I was like, oh, I think he just fucked up the sound. Oh, that's a yeah, bummer. Yeah, you said that because once they were on top of that, they were radioing to. Connect like, hey, get out of there. We just planted a bomb. Yeah. So that's how they know to get out of the cave. They're like, we don't have time, you know, and Stallone, I guess, from the fucking sweater museum, he also brought a 60-year-old rope. Yeah. <laughs> and so he tells Jesse, 
unwind this rope, like separate the big strands, and he's like, tie them together, we're gonna use them to rappel down. And she's like, this rope is 60 years old, do you think it'll hold? And he says, no. <laughs> she's like, bad answer. And I was like, this is not dialogue. <laughs> like, this is not snappy dialogue. You're trying, which I admire, but this is like rough draft shit. You need to go back and add some fucking pepper. So then they do the thing. They're at the end of this rope. They're trying to swing it over to the side to get to a cliff face so they can, you know, shelter. And they do just as the rope, which is like swinging back and forth and fraying against a sharp edged rock, uh, snaps. Stallone grabs the lip, as I mentioned earlier. He's holding on to her hand and the other hand. So you go like, oh, this is like what happened in the beginning. But... And, like, there's one shot of the same shot of, like, the gloved hand, and he's holding the glove, and you're like, oh, they're going to do this again. But she just immediately climbs up him. Yeah. And all the tension is diffused. Yep. There's not even a moment. And, like, the woman in the beginning, Sarah, they say she's not an experienced climber a couple of times. Yeah. But and, Jesse know, Jess is, is. Yeah, is part of, like, the and she's largely team. Yeah, yeah, and she's largely carrying her weight in the movie, but we don't really see it. Like, she just she just falls into the girl in every 90s movie role yeah. where she's just like, uh-huh, I'm following the whole time, even though she's also competent, yeah. which bugs me. There should have been a moment where, like, Stallone's holding on to the lip of the cliff, and he's holding on to her hand the glove, and then she should just swing her other hand up and grab onto his wrist and be like, I'm not her. This isn't, you know, this won't happen again. Yeah. Then she climbs up. Like, there you go. Gives her character dimension. Yeah. And also adds the dramatic, like, period on that arc. Also, she's been one of the major people, like, harping on him to, like, get let over it go. It. Yeah. And, like, they're and supposed so, to be in a relationship, so, yeah. like... and so you know that this is a trigger for him. Right. This is a thing that's, that's haunting him for eight months. And so, like, that's what, you know, that's what should happen. Some scene where she's like, I'm not her, this isn't that. Let's get out of here before the mountain explodes. <laughs> Which, again, just stating what's going to happen in this movie would be fun, because it's insane. <laughs> Frank, Frank takes sees... out... Yeah, he's in the chopper again after, I guess, yeah. uh, dropping that kid off yeah, to medic, medic back. who he thinks might be distressed climbers. Yeah, it's um, early in the movie with Hal on top of the Devil's Tower or whatever the fuck. He's got, like, these smoke markers... Yeah. To spot people from the air, you know? Yeah. It's these big, bright red smoke things. Big, thick, billowy plumes of smoke. So yeah. one of those is going off on the ground next to a person laying face down. Yeah. It's the... Uh, and it's it turns cr- out it's crystal. crystal. Frank lands. He radios. He's like, I see something. I'm going to go check it out. Whatever. And down a ways... Yeah. You see Hal just kind of like whispering he's, as they're holding a gun to his head. He's yelling Frank, yeah. but because there's a chopper okay. and it's up yeah. on the top, you know, thing. Yeah. He's going, Frank, no, Frank, no, Frank. Yeah. Camera sort of pans up and the chopper noise gets louder and then like Frank lands and you realize like he can't hear him. Yeah. He goes over to check on Crystal. She like rolls over, takes his, I guess Frank has a gun for rescue purposes. Uh, She takes (laughs) the gun out of his holster and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, you know, holding him hostage. And that's when Delmar, Delmar then like comes up over the ridge and he's holding the machine gun pointed out at him and he ends up just shooting Frank Yep. Crystal's like, the fuck did you do that for? And he's like, oh, I'm tired of wasting time. Because she's a pilot, and we, as we'll find out in a little bit, Lithgow is also a pilot, so, like, it wasn't like they killed the only pilot yeah. who could pilot the helicopter, but at the same time, it's like, why kill Frank? It's fine. So around here is when you brought up the thing of, like, oh, wait, if you're a Well, because I was like, I was like, pilot. you shot the helicopter pilot, yeah. and you were like, well, she's a pilot. I was like, that's true, but she was flying a plane. How much crossover is that? So... I checked it out. Cool. Dope. Yeah. I mean, a little bit, but also not very. 
They're... And like, I get that she's probably yeah. military and yeah. probably has a specialist background, but without mm-hmm. stating that for the audience, that seems like yeah. a big leap. Yeah. And, but then well, also in, in two minutes, he just, in- li- Lithgow that... just goes, oh, I'm also a pilot. Yeah. I could fly it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, who cares? Interesting then? that you said military because a lot of people that have dual licenses do have a military background. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I figured the only um, way you'll ever get to fly a jet and a helicopter yeah. is in the military. Well, it's also the cheapest way to learn. Oh, well. oh, that makes uh, sense. A lot of licensing and uh, flight yeah. hours. If you're yeah, in yeah, the military, yeah. the government's paying for you to be able to learn how to do this. If you're doing it as a civilian, it's a lot more expensive sure, and that makes uh, sense. difficult. So you can hold both. There's not nothing barring you. Sure. But they do fly very differently because with a helicopter, you have to control the torque of it. So basically the rotor's yeah. going around. And the helicopter body kind of wants to follow that, so you're yeah. using these foot pedals to keep it straight. And then really? you're also it's engaging foot your pedals. It's foot pedals and hand pedals to uh, keep the chopper straight and to maneuver in the air. Jesus Christ! Whereas a uh, tongue-in-cheek way that a lot of people describe it is that if you're flying a plane, you can eat a sandwich. If you're flying a helicopter, it's a lot harder to eat that sandwich because you're engaging. Tongue in cheek. I thought this was gonna be like body. No, no. But I mean, if you're flying a plane, you can eat a sandwich. You if can... you're flying a helicopter, you can only maybe eat pussy. Like I thought that was what they were no. gonna say or something, and I was I like, mean, I was like, wow. I mean, yes, apparently, <laughs> yes, because pussy's pretty hands free. But depends. Depends how you do it. Yeah, yeah I... depends how you do it. All right. Anyway. Welcome, welcome back to Hate Watch, Great Watch After Dark. Yeah. Hate Watch, Great Watch Nights. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was saying just a regular yeah. sandwich. Yeah. Regular regular sand like PB and J. Sure. All right, but sandwich. Um, I got you. I know yeah, sandwiches. Um, planes, which are usually referred to as fixed wing. Yeah, yeah. The, the yoke is basically just controlling your direction up and down. You yeah, yeah. You aren't necessarily like keeping the plane from spinning. Right, right, right. So. That's kind of a I've little easier. I've seen a bunch of movies, television shows, yeah. documentary things where people are fly, flying, heli- piloting helicopters. Yeah. I had no fucking idea there was that much shit to it. Yeah. It always just looks like well, a crazy honest, joystick thing, you honest, know, like. Honestly, it seems kind of like doing stick versus automatic for yeah, cars. That's crazy. Whereas, like, that. there is a couple more elements, but if you understand how this works, you can kind of get your head around it and you might enjoy it more, which that's. Sure. Another thing is, like, a lot of the things I saw online were people going, like, some people are airplane pilots and some people are copter pilots, and generally you're going to have a preference. Yeah, yeah, you're an Elvis man or you're a Beatles man. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. All right. Um, but, yeah, so the thing is, yes, it's possible. It is very unlikely that they both can do it unless maybe Lithgow can just do helicopters. Right. I doubt that he's both a helicopter and a plane pilot. It's kind of crazy that my, she is. My, you know? yeah. again, my issue isn't the unfeasibility of holding both licenses i would just i would imagine if you are like mercenary black ops type thing that's probably less weird but my thing is to spring that on the audience with no like yeah she flew a thing therefore she can fly anything it's like dude there are trucker licenses motorcycle licenses and car licenses just for shit on the ground yeah like we're not even talking about boats right we're not even talking about planes that's what i mean like just just being like she can operate one sky vehicle doesn't clear her in my mind to be like oh she can definitely operate anything like if a ufo made an appearance in this movie and they're like quick fly it she's like i'm a pilot i'd be like what the fuck are you even talking about yeah that's true it's just i mean like they're just all different i could see you maybe being having a better shot than somebody who is not a pilot yeah sure you have a vague idea yeah but, like, yeah, if Da Vinci came out of one of the caves, like, quick, pilot my gyroscopic copter. <laughs> She's like, I can, because I'm a pilot. 
Yeah. And I'd be like, sure, sure, movie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Frank gets shot. They let Hal come back up to the summit where Frank is. Hal rushes to his dying friend and coworker, and Frank pulls out, like, a pocket knife and sort of slips it to Hal, and then he dies. R.I.P. Frank. Yep. So yeah. my, I have a note, three notes ago it says bomb on bridge, and now my next note says bridge bomb. <laughs> I don't know what the difference between those two is, so do you? did you take more accurate notes? I think when they were putting, is this when they put the, the C4 above the cave, and maybe right. they also did the bridge. But, but yeah, is this when it explodes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so, there's a trip wire yeah, across Stallone that bridge. Yeah, Stallone and Jesse are trying to cross it, yeah. And yeah. Stallone's in the lead. Yeah, there's a trip wire strung across that bridge. Stallone hits it. And then goes like, Jesse, oh, no. run. Turn yeah. around, run. Yeah. Also, she does the worst job of running because she's only like a third of the way across the bridge. She's a climber, not a runner. But she runs half the distance and then turns back to look. But yeah, so he does the, you know, running across the bridge, diving, catching, pulling himself up. Not really that action-packed a scene. It looks cool, but nothing really comes of it. Yeah. More shit happens in Indiana Jones. It's the same shit. It's a rope bridge, and he has to, like, climb up and fight the thuggy. Yeah. A lot more happens. He's got the stones. They're heating up. They're burning his hands. he got to drop them. Alligators down there. Better bridge movie. There's a whole power struggle dynamic going on that's, like, dumb and doesn't really go anywhere. And it ends up with Travers pulling a gun on John Lithgow over who gets to control the bleep blue box tracker. John Lithgow does, like, a double cross where he, like, grabs Crystal, and he's kind of, like, caressing her, like... You know, obviously, I'm not going to shoot her. I'm using her as a human shield. But he, like, pulls the gun that she had in her waistband out and shoots her in the back. And then he's like, well, I shot the only other pilot, so if you want to get off this mountain, you'll have to leave me alive. And then he slides the bleep bloop machine back over to Travers, and he's like, now let's get out of here. And I was like, all right, this is nothing. This is just like, oh, we have an extra character we haven't killed yet. Yeah. It doesn't make him more evil or less likable or anything. It's just like, yeah, all right. Because we don't give a shit about her. I didn't know they were supposed to be in a relationship of any kind. Oh, they do a little bit of I didn't get any flirting of and stuff. Yeah. yeah, especially with her, you know, being like, we need the insulin and stuff like that. He kind of, like, caresses her cheek and stuff. So yeah, there's like, that's true, but I kind of read that as, like, just creepy evil boss. No, it's Like, I feel like he would have caressed Travers' cheek if he had come up with a really good <laughs> improv line, too. No, I think it was supposed to vibe that they were a thing. I think, I think it was then, very, like... That was excellent yes-ending, Travers. Just, like, gently stroke his cheek. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe well, kiss him. It was something <laughs> gently. I, it was something I picked up on, yeah. and then was... Yeah, I kind of got, yeah. got the feeling they were together. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Also, I mean, like, it's not necessarily their relationship at all. Just yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just to make him be more of a despicable asshole. Yeah. But, like... Fine. And I guess retroactively, it makes Kanet's whole thing of, like, you know, oh, you put money over your bitch or whatever like that, because that's... <laughs> who he hangs out with is people yeah. that totally fucking would. I guess. I guess, yeah. Uh, I have the note, how does Stallone know where the third case is? I mean, I know how he's supposed to, but, like, how? How is that even possible? Because <laughs> he just is like, all right, let's go to the third case. And then he and Jesse go there. When they find the third case, they no longer need Hal, so Lithgow's like, kill him! He leaves soccer hooligan guy, whose name I've already forgotten. Delmar. Delmar, I don't care. Thank you. But uh, I you. could not remember. He leaves Delmar to kill him. And so, okay, Hal's got the pocket knife. We know Hal's got the pocket knife. And he definitely seems like he's trying to lure Delmar into a fist fight so that yeah. he can use the pocket knife, which he does. He, like, takes off his jacket. He's like, come on, shoot me. Come on, you know, and whatever, egging him on. 
And then Delmore's like, I'm not going to shoot you. And then he starts fighting him. And that's great and everything. He headbutts him. And he starts kicking him a lot and talking, like, in the second person about how, like, you know, he's a soccer. And Stryker is yeah. lining up for He's like, you know, I used to play soccer. Soccer's a, bl- a bloody great game. And I, so I was an excellent striker. And then, like, he's kicking him. And then he's going, like, Stryker moves in with his powerful left leg. You know, like, whatever. And just, like, narrating, like, the announcers yeah, would. Yeah, he shoots, he scores. Yeah, yeah. goal! He yeah. should have done that. He should have <laughs> yeah. fucking kicked Michael Rooker in the face hard as shit. And then been like, goal! <laughs> See, that, that would have been fun. Yeah. Because that was the, the era of that. Oh, they did that in the 90s? Uh, that was in the 90s. I don't remember if it was that early or late. Yeah, yeah. it might have been. This might have been before that, mm. but. The heart wants what the heart wants. The heart wants what it wants, which is like <laughs> dumb 90s soccer uh-huh. fad references. And the whole time, like, I'm just like, okay, and now is the time that Michael Rooker will unleash his secret weapon, which is, I mean, literally a secret weapon. And he doesn't do that until he's literally hanging off the cliff by one hand and Delmar is like stomping on his fingers. Then he pulls the fucking knife out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so fucking crazy. I, like, I get that. As an action scene, it reads better, but, like, it's a better move if he pulls that knife out early. Yeah. You know? Have Delmar be, like, cocky. Have him, like, slice Delmar's, like, arm. And Delmar's like, you know one thing about soccer? You don't need to use your arms. Like, something. (laughs) Like, anything. Give him dimension. It's a flesh wound. Yeah. Yeah. And and have him still, like, kicking Hal's ass, even though Hal has a, a pocket knife. Then you can have Hal fucking hanging off the thing. And maybe he sliced Delmar's leg, and then, like, Hal just reaches up and, like, digs a thumb into the knife wound and that's how he gets the upper hand like anything this is nothing because like it just happened he just got the knife so we didn't forget about it, it didn't happen long enough ago for us to forget it mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a surprise right it would have yeah. been a surprise if it was like earlier in the movie but that none of that would make any sense then Stallone has found the third case he pops it open no problem and then he sees a rabbit hole yep and we get Travers tracking the the third case, you know, locator thing, and it's kind of moving around a lot. It's over here. It's and o- now it's over yeah, here. Yeah, and he's like, the and fuck? It's over here. And, it, and then a rabbit fails to climb over the ridge because I'm guessing, like, because they, they, they Velcroed this fucking beepy light box to this rabbit, and this rabbit did not want to walk with this thing on. You can tell it doesn't want to move <laughs> and that there's somebody behind it, like, pushing it. Yeah. But, uh... You know, it's a lot like that South Park episode, The Startling where it's supposed to be like Cloverfield, but with... Uh, oh, guinea pigs guinea in pigs. costumes. And, yeah, it was that they found somebody online. I, I listened to the director's commentary. Oh, I would expect nothing less of you. Um, they found this woman online on, like, Etsy or something who made guinea pig outfits. <laughs> and were like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing we've ever found. Let's buy all of them. <laughs> so they did. So that's why you have a guinea bee and a guinea pirate and a guinea source rex and all yeah. kinds of things. But... When they put all these outfits on these guinea pigs, they didn't really want to move around very much. So. Right, because they feel like they're being held yeah. or constrained. It's the same thing when you yeah. put stuff on, like, cats yeah. and dogs. They don't always want to. So they have all this footage of guinea pigs not doing much to just get occasional footage of them taking a few steps forward or sniffing something. <laughs> yeah, so they can be like, this yeah. is their terrifying action. Yeah, exactly. And the, I feel the bunny is definitely like, I feel that, bro. Yep. Because, uh, yep. yeah, definitely that bunny did not want to do anything. So Travers opens fire of the bunny and... Uh, animal lovers can note he t- does not kill the bunny bunny so, pops up afterwards here's the thing with that apparently he really the, killed the bunny. in the director's version the bunny dies and audiences did not like that no that's dumb no yeah so uh stallone paid a lot of money for them to reshoot that scene where the bunny lives oh good on you stallone <laughs> 
That's I'm gonna high five you for that. That's a, yeah. Next time I see you in Philadelphia, where we constantly run into each other, because we go to the same gym and also the same hairdresser. Oh, I was gonna say she's steakery, but like <laughs> I couldn't think of a fun way to put that. I mean, I guess cheese steakery is pretty. Cheese steakery is pretty yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what other kinds of things are there? Uh, we do our daily prayer at the Liberty Bell together. Yeah. Implying that we as Philadelphians worship the Liberty Bell. I mean, I love freedom. Yeah, that rings true. So, boy. Nice. <laughs> Joke over. <laughs> so, then my next note is they visit the Ice Temple. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. This fucking, I, I mean, like, I'm sure this is, like, a thing that could plausibly exist, but it seems so weird. It's some kind of, like, yeah, like, fishing type cottage on a lake that is, I guess, not always frozen. Yeah. But it's frozen like now, and there's a rope bridge. Walk. No, it's not a rope bridge. It's, it is. It's like a little pier. It's it's wooden. It's like a rope. I thought it was like a no, rope. It's, no, it's wooden. It's, it's all made wooden, of wood. Like little pier. Which makes it even it's less. Decrepit, it's even more out of place because yeah. it is just like. Oh, I yeah. thought it was another rope bridge because yeah. like it, it had no. like icicles hanging off the. Yeah. The no, it's got arm like it's got like things. it's got like pylon things or whatever that's built across. But yeah, no, it's wood. And no. it goes into a cave or something yeah. where I'm assuming uh, Arctic yeah. Yoda lives. Or... Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks like, you know, yeah. either Stallone or Travers, whoever survives the battle, is going to face Sub-Zero. <laughs> yep. Sub-Zero. Travers. Man, so... Gabe. <laughs> so, Stallone, like, reaches up from underneath this thing. Yeah, well, so he's created a ruse where he, like, has, like, <laughs> He's some... created a ruse. Yes. Yes, hello, Batman? It's me, Alfred. I feel like Killer Croc has created a ruse. <laughs> I do believe. Yes. Yeah, I do believe. Really sure. I do believe. Yo, Batman, what's up? Uh-huh. What's up, money? <laughs> oh, me? Just kicking it in the bat crib? <laughs> oh, God. What a weird bit we're doing. <laughs> Getting high with Ice Yoda, I guess. <laughs> don't tell Robin. Uh, yeah, don't tell Robin. I raided his stash. <laughs> oh, oh Lord. you keep it in your underwear drawer. I would never have thought to look there. I only wash it. Yeah. I do your laundry, insipid child. <laughs> Orphan or no? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. So, uh, what's yeah, Stallone's so clever ruse? Where he makes it look like he's walked across all of these planks, and there's even a little blood drip, but he's actually hiding underneath in the water, He, even though he's only in his, like, little fucking yeah. shitty sweater. Yeah. And that water's got to be fucking His vintage sweater. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's under so a frozen again, lake. I can't believe he didn't lose a goddamn toe. No, he pops up, grabs Trevor's legs. Yeah, by the ankles. Yeah. And, like, hauls him through these Yeah, uh, Trevor's, crumbling. like, falls yeah. and breaks through the planks. Yep. At the bottom of it. Yep. And, like, then Trevor's doesn't fall into the water. No, he's just on the ice. Yeah, the ice yeah. is thicker where he lands, I guess. But Stallone does. And then Stallone takes off his sweater and shirt. So he's just shirtless under the water. Water, yeah. And he, like, swims like up. Like Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, swim- also, like, he's immune to fucking cold. So Stallone, like, swims up to the underside of the ice and tries to, like, kick through it, and that doesn't work. And Travers pulls out his gun is going to shoot Stallone, and then Stallone pulls out a, a gun. I had to explain to Hunter that it was the bolt gun from yeah, earlier. Yeah, because it do- it's not clear. No, it's not. Because I thought they just CG'd bullets in really badly. Okay, so I just figured that 
we showed the bolt gun earlier and we were very specific about it and how it was mountain equipment and how he had it. Sure, sure, sure. And then also I was like, a real gun I don't think can fire underwater. I don't know. Because I've read stuff that said that wet guns can totally fire. I don't think they'll fire underwater. But that, like, you can pull a gun out, okay, and it's wet, and like, but I can believe fu- that. But he was underwater. No, I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I have no idea. I I don't know how guns work under all but the most regular conditions. <laughs> yeah, never underwater. Yeah, never I mean, to shoot up through the ice at Travers. Surprisingly, I did not Google this immediately, um, so I don't know. But the bolt gun, he fires three bolts, kills Travers, and then he um, is he bust up through the ice then, or yeah, yeah. Well, it they, was the, already cracked a bit from him shooting, shooting the, bolt the gun. bolts. Yeah, yeah. He busted through the ice. Travers falls in. Travers floats away. I, mean, I think Hal comes. Yeah, I think yeah. Hal catches up with him. So now, we enter Endgame. Yes. So Endgame has. Oh, Jesse's a hostage on the helicopter. Well, yeah, has John yeah. Lithgow has the helicopter. He is flying it around oh. looking for anybody, and yeah. Jesse sees him and thinks it's Frank. So yes. she starts signaling, and then he hilariously from inside the cockpit of a helicopter holds a gun just pointing it through the like cockpit like glass at her and she puts her hands up and I was like that's kind of really a funny image yeah because like his hand's not like out the window yeah. pointing at her it's like just just holding it. it's like if I was sitting in my car pointing a gun at you <laughs> and you were just like I guess I have my hands up now it's Although, just I mean, funny he's been demonstrating throughout this movie how few fucks he has to yeah give. yeah yeah he definitely would I'm totally sure shoot right thinks, through that. Yeah, but I'm it's, pretty sure she's like, I don't think he will spare a fuck for me. Oh, yeah. Not doubting the reality. Oh, yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. I'm just saying it yeah. amused me. Yeah. He's so evil. I guess. It's, He's just, you said it. He's just arch. No, like, I know. He's arch the whole time. He has weird dialogue. Sometimes it works. A lot of the times it does not. Yeah, no. So he gets in contact with fucking Gabe and he's like, you give me the money, I'll give you the girl. Gabe's like, sure, whatever. And Gabe has a plan, and it's real dumb, and who cares? But it works. So what happens is... Lithgow has this whole thing of, like, get to the highest point of wherever you are. Yeah, he's like, climb up, climb up to the tallest point above you, and I'll meet you there, whatever. So he does, and uh, his plan is he's gonna get he's gonna get Lithgow to like lower a, a, a line for the case, but first he wants you know Jesse free. So Lithgow acquiesces to all that, lets her go, and then he's like, "Throw the money up here," and he's like, oh, "Bring the helicopter closer." He's like, "Throw the money, bring it closer," and when he gets close enough, he just hurls the case up into the blades. It fucking turns yeah, to well, dust. It's, it's not a case even. It's like just a, a mountaineering bag. bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's duffel duffel bag. Yeah, yeah. We were kind of joking about like, is it actually the money in there, or did he put something else in there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, it should all be rabbits, and you said rabbits and bats. Yeah. The bats make it lighter because they fly. Yeah. They're doing half the work for me. So it just, like, busts open in the helicopter, and it's full of rabbits and bats. <laughs> yeah, he should throw it in, and then, then fucking Lithgow opens it, and it's like when you beat Robotnik in the Sonic games, and all those fucking, <laughs> all those fucking en- enslaved animals just come pouring out of it and running amok. That's what it should be like. And then the helicopter goes out of control and crashes the end. So... He throws the, yeah, it's a duffel bag. Throws a duffel bag up into the rotor. It turns to dust. Yeah, it just, it shreds. Yeah, so the helicopter kind of like, you know, is off kilter for a minute. um, And Stallone uses that distraction to grab the line, which has like a big old winch, like hook on the bottom. And attach it to this ladder that's part of like. Rusty ladder that was like. Yeah, it's like built into the side of the mountain. It's all like rebar and uh, whatever the 
fucking oh yeah it's like a, it's like a, it's like a proper yeah. like metal ladder mm -hmm. um it's been it looks like it's been there for quite a while and yeah, yeah it's like bolted it's very long it's like uh, a couple you know like a hundred something feet long like down the mountain down the side of the mountain yeah something like that um it does a yeah, significant amount of it comes off, yeah. Yeah, he attached it to that, and Lithgow's fucking trying to kill him with the helicopter, like, with the tail blades and with the top rotor and whatever, and then he basically gets Lithgow, like, charging at him in the helicopter. He jumps off the edge, falls, like, part of the way down, grabs the ladder, but Lithgow is tethered to the ladder by the line, so when the helicopter flies past, it yanks part of the ladder off, but it also pulls the helicopter. The helicopter swings down, collides with the side of the mountain below them, and is hanging there, upside down. Lithgow, like, climbs out of it. Stallone jumps down, and they have a fist fight on the bottom of the helicopter. Which Lithgow does a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, he's not, yeah, he's holding his own. <laughs> like, there's, like, a real bad one-liner in this. Jesse's like... You have to get out of there. The the ladder, which is the only thing holding all this fucking weight, yeah. she's like, the ladder won't hold. And he's like, Ugh. he starts trying to climb up the ladder again. And fucking Lithgow's like, stick it around. And I was like, that'd be a better line if it had anything to do with, <laughs> like, sticking. You know, if he stabbed him with something, like, it'd be something. I don't know. It yeah. was just like, eh. And then Stallone does a callback to a line from the beginning of the movie that has no relevance whatsoever to the point where I was like, oh, wait, yeah. Which is why I'm not mentioning it until just now. He tells Sarah, Don't forget to keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Ha ha ha, you're definitely not going to get halfway across and then plummet to your death. So that's what he says to Lithgow. He says, like, you keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times. And then he punches him and, like, throws him towards the edge. And, like, Lithgow kind of, like, tumbles in back inside the helicopter. And Stallone does another big Stallone leap. And the helicopter breaks free and falls, like, the rest of the way down. And it's the chintziest fucking explosion <laughs> I've ever seen in, like, a, a big the, action movie. Yeah, it does the whole action movie thing of it just exploding insanely. Yeah. It hits, then there's, like, a bad jump cut to it kind of crumpling, and then it's a bad jump to it exploding. Like, yeah. it's so bad looking. It looked terrible. Yep. Also, yes, any vehicle that takes any damage in an action movie explodes. That's fine. I totally understand. But then it should have exploded when it hit the fucking mountain. They shouldn't have been able to have a fight on the bottom of it. Yeah. Or it should have just collapsed, like, when it crashed, like, in the bottom. Cut to, like, Lithgow's bloody arm sticking out of the cockpit or something. And that you know he's, also worked. Yeah, you know he's dead, so there's not like, oh, he could be alive. You don't need a big, silly explosion for no reason. Yeah. And or maybe just, just a fire. I'd take just a fire. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, anything, really. It was just, like, they could have been on fire when they were fighting on it, upside yeah. down. Like, add some things. But, like, and also the fight scenes are very short and nothing in this. Mm -hmm. yep. And, like, especially your big fight between your hero and villain. I know half of it was in, like, a helicopter and whatever, but, like, you want that fist fight to feel like something. Also, a lot of them end up feeling kind of uneven. Yeah. Like, usually one person's being up on somebody else, and they're not really doing as much or not as flashy. I will say that for this movie, Stallone doesn't do the little, I'm the hero, I can't get beat up. Like, he gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Pretty consistently. So does anything happen after that at all? Not really. Does it just, like, fade out? Like, no, he, I uh... Think he climbs up, yeah, Gabe, but, like... Gabe climbs up. Oh, yeah. And then the suits that have been flying around doing nothing the That's entire movie. Right. He and Hal and Jesse are on yeah. top of the mountain again, and the suits are like, well, we'll get help for you. Just stay there. And that's it. Yeah, and then like, ha, 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 Yeah, and then roll credits. Yeah, they all jump in the air and high five, <laughs> and it freezes, and then it goes, ba, 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 for the Love American style <laughs> ending. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and that's about it. 
Oi. Will, this was your this was your endeavor. Um, would you like to go first? <sighs> you know, it's hard to imagine John Lithgow not being able to save a movie. Yeah, not nailing it. Yeah. 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 Even John Lithgow couldn't make this watchable again. I would rather watch Iger Sanction again. And that's <sighs> saying something. It really is. At least Iger Sanction was offensive enough to keep my attention. There was also, like, just just the cinematography was a little yeah. bit nicer. Like, well, yeah. also, it starts off as a spy movie and turns into yep. a mountain climbing movie, whereas this is a mountain climbing movie back to front, kind of. Even the mountain climbing in Iger Sanction was more interesting because there was suspense. Yeah. Because there was a bad was guy that you didn't climbing. know. and yeah. like, yeah. 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 I was trying to think just now who the focal character of the movie is. I mean, like, I know logistically and, like, that it's Stallone. But we spent a lot of time not with him. Yeah. And a lot of it's like, oh, he did a thing, and not that like we see him doing a thing, but just that like. Yeah, and a lot of it, like a lot of stuff, even when he's on screen, is just like he's just in the scene. Like, yeah, he's climbing, but like it doesn't. None of it feels like it has weight. Like, yeah. Yeah. None of it feels like, oh, is this a, a difficult climb? And then like, yeah, at some point they just stop even showing him climbing, and they just cut to and now they enter the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Hate watch or great watch? Well, I believe I apologized twice already. Please don't watch this movie. This is enough. You know, you're just sitting through this podcast should be enough for you. So this is a uh, hate watch. Like, well, I mean, but see that—that's the problem. Hate watch gives off the impression like you can enjoy hate watching it. I don't even think you can do that. This is just a don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a don't watch. Yeah, it's not a fun hate watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I concur. It's, this is definitely a hate watch or lower. <laughs> I can't in good conscience recommend anyone watch The Iger Sanction. It's just reprehensible. But from a filmmaking standpoint, it's better to look at. And yeah, there's it's more varied because, yeah, it's not all on mountains. It's, you know, yeah. it's in Prague and then it's, you know crazy dragons like control room and then it's in the desert and it's this and it's that and then it's the mountains so maybe that helps the mountain climbing stay interesting or more interesting it's not really especially interesting but less you, you less tedious get much better cinematography you it get is. nicer vistas like a lot of yeah. the shots in now, Iver sanction are kind of almost like uh, yeah they're, they're picturesque porny mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And like maybe that here. maybe that's a side effect of not filming in the U.S. Maybe they were like maybe they couldn't get <laughs> such shots because it would give away that it wasn't the the Rockies. Rockies. Maybe. I have no idea. That's the thing is like they had pretty good access to that mountain, so they could have kind of done whatever if they wanted to. Yeah, I mean you that's know? one of my biggest problems with this is like I had no idea what the scale was. Nothing felt like. Yeah. Like, I didn't know how far anything was or how long anything took. It just seemed like everybody... Like, there's one point where Travers leaves, like, Hal, and then the next shot, like, within ten minutes, he's so fucking far away. Yeah. And, like, that I was like, how did you get there? Like, are you an expert mountain climber? Like, that's insane. Like, none of it makes any sense unless you rode Stallone down the mountain like a sled. It was ah. during the uh, the fight with, like, Hal and Soccer Hooligan. Yeah. He walks off. And yeah. he sees the body fly off he's, and thinks He's, like, Hal. half a mile away on another rock place. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like, seeing it from across the cliff or something. It's so far away that he can't tell if the falling body yeah. is Hal or <laughs> the hooligan. Yeah. And just assumes it's Hal. It is a hay watch. It's, like, but it's boring as sin. It's just, yeah. like... 
everything I said, like, oh, my favorite thing in this whole movie was like three things, four things, but like, fuck it. <laughs> like, I, they'll they'll be in our like Instagram feed and stuff, and like they'll be in the Instagram moments. Yeah, really, I'll just take video, just and a just gif, watch that. just a gif of him deadlifting onto a slag. Yeah, the hard cut to wolf eyes, <laughs> like. <laughs> They'll they'll all be on our social media and like literally it's the best shit you'll get from this movie and I'm you're welcome. It's distilled. Yeah, I'm doing you a favor. And I wanted to like this. I thought I liked this. Coulda sworn I enjoyed this movie. And I got no problem with anybody in this. I really like Michael Rooker. I like the the girl from Northern Exposure. I like her quite a bit in most things. She was fine. In She's this. fine in this. She's disposable. She's yeah. nothing in this. Um I love John Lithgow. I like a lot of those character actors that pop up as, like, the suits in this. I recognize them, and it's like, I love character actors. Mm. So I'm like, oh, I don't know all their names. But I'm like, oh, I, I definitely know you from a hundred things. And with St- Stallone, you know what you're going, you know. Yeah. And you like, know what you're getting into when you get, go Stallone. Yeah. It's and the like, same we, thing. We, we yeah. poke a lot of fun on this show. But, like, I like Stallone. I got yeah. no problem with Stallone. He's a goof, you know. Like, he's, he's a weird fucking dude. And, like, you know, whatever. But... I was expecting, like, yeah, this would be a fun action movie. And I like Rennie Harlan, you know, director Rennie Harlan. I like all that. But this just fails. It's just, like, it's a big whiff the whole time. I had never seen this before. And you guys were saying that it was going to be good. So I feel very betrayed. <laughs> um, it is a hate watch. No, right. I don't actually feel betrayed. It's fine. Oh, thanks. Um, I did spend, again, a lot of time... <laughs> not watching it. Wa- not watching this, like, kind of watching it's this. It's amazing you could follow along through the complex plot. Yeah, like, I, there were occasionally things that you filled in for me that I didn't see the nuance of exactly who did what, but... yeah, I no, watched it all, I, and even I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Care. Half the characters are nobodies. They're, yeah. they're dead meats. Yeah, I learned a lot about pilot's licenses, so that's... Yeah, that's there true. you go. Yeah. Um, all right, so... But, yeah, I don't think it was worth it. All right, so with the, with the triple hate watch, we usually try to recommend uh, something better to watch. Watch Rocky. He He's in the Rockies, but he played Rocky. <laughs> Is no? that a joke? You just stated too fast. <laughs> Trivia. <laughs> there you go. Um, that makes it a joke. Joke over. Making fun of IMDb <laughs> trivia users. Um, This movie is dead in the Rockies, and... Sylvester Stallone, the star of this film, starred in the Rocky films. Trivia. It's like, that's not trivia, dude. That's just two things that are true. Yeah, well, it's also like on the IMDb when they say, like, oh, so and so and so and so were in another movie. Where yeah. it's like, okay, cool. And I mean, like, especially now that everybody's in the goddamn Marvel movies, so you can do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those six degrees of Kevin Bacon yeah. games are a lot easier now because yeah. casts are enormous. Like, yeah. once Dune comes out, everyone you have ever seen in a movie has been in a movie with everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So, like, stop it. Only if, like, maybe there's, like, some thematic relevance or it's particularly, like... Right, right, right. You know, like, if, if oh, Sylvester Stallone in, and Michael yeah. Rooker were in another fucking rock climbing movie... Yeah. Or, you it's know... called Rocks Off. Or, like, if, like... Oh. It was an 86th yeah. cavity. So it's so it's so it's so. Our mother and daughter here, but in this one, they're sisters. Like that's right. you know that's interesting. Maybe and weird. something. Like, yeah. yeah, it's. Also, you know. I don't really like the trivia. That's like so and so and so and so and so and so. We're also considered for this role, and I'm like, who gives a shit? They didn't it's get it, and who knows if that's even true? It's occasionally interesting. It is, and I know, like sometimes it's food for thought. You know, yeah, like oh, it's a little thought can you experiment. imagine this movie with this yeah. person or that person? Sure, and like I know we talked about Bowie and Ferry and all yeah. that, but like. I just am like, is that even verifiable? I guess none of it's verifiable, so I'm kind of just nitpicking, but that one always bothers me where it's Um, like, are you making this up? Occasionally, 
they'll mention it in commentary or in interviews. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. Like sometimes somebody yeah. will say it, but like with yeah. IMDb trivia, who the fuck knows? No, I know. I could I could start an IMDb account today and be like, oh, you know, uh, a Philadelphian and podcaster Hunter Bush was uh, Sylvester Stallone's foot double in this movie. And they'd be like, oh, is that true? That's weird. I guess I should check out his podcast. <laughs> it's called Famous Feet. Um, <laughs> I would I would uh, recommend watching Rennie Harlan's other the film I've mentioned a couple times, Long Kiss Goodnight. It's great. It's fucking. Oh, that was a much better movie. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies, which is weird <laughs> to say because no, you don't really think of it as a Christmas movie, but it is. All those people are like, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. It's like everything Shane Black's ever written is a Christmas movie. Yeah. And this is as good as Die Hard for me, if not better. Um, it's got dialogue that's, like, memorable. It's got fun characters. It's got, you know, quirky shit. It's got creative action. And, yeah, it's, it's really good. Samuel L. Jackson before he was, like, Samuel L. Jackson. I think it was, like, 1996, so it was, like, right after Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Charlize Theron, who was, I believe at the time, married to Rennie Harlan. Oh, really? Yeah. They also made a movie called Cutthroat Island that I've never seen, which is a pirate movie that apparently was, like, a huge flop and bomb. And I think they broke up sometime after that, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I'm, I don't hmm. really pay attention to that shit. I just sort of pick up things. Yeah. So I don't know if the, the failure of Cutthroat Island led to the deterioration of their relationship at all. I don't even know. But um, I want to see it because it's Charlie's. I believe it's... Did I say Charlize Theron? Gina yeah. Davis. Oh. Why that say makes Theron? way more sense. Okay, I Gina couldn't, Davis. I couldn't remember her in Long Kiss Goodnight, but I was also like, I don't think I've seen it, like, the whole way through. I think I, like, saw parts of it. Oh, yeah. No, it's so, Gina Davis. Um, oh, but I okay. want to see Gina Davis as a pirate lady. How could that movie be bad? I guess maybe if it's, like, Cliffhanger. <laughs> Will, you have a recommendation? Oh, I was going to say, like, you know, I I have a hope that there is a mountaineering movie so, that's good. Yeah, we were talking so, about this off the air, but somewhere in your mind, you're like, I have a feeling that there is a mountaineering movie that I like. Yeah. I, I thought it was this one. It's not. <laughs> I mean, like, maybe it's Vertical Limit. I'm not sure. Just... Yeah, we looked up the plot description of Vertical Limit with Chris O'Donnell and some yeah. other folks. Well, because, like, that's the thing that I, like, keep seeing on, like, you know good climbing movie lists that doesn't look like it's like a documentary or something well sure yeah so yeah so that maybe might be i don't know i've never seen it i turns out i don't like climbing movies i've seen two with you guys and it sucks yeah we gotta find a good one it's gotta be a good one all right well do it without me (laughs) no oh come on this is now a climbing movie podcast. Great oh, climb, great climb. And oh, my pain. A quick note: uh, when this airs, yesterday uh, was the one-year anniversary of Hate Watch, Great Watch uh, being oh, available. Shoot, that's this episode for streaming. Oh, um, I don't like how we're entering year two. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, you know, we started with The Octagon, which was enjoyably yeah, bad. The Octagon was also pretty bad. It was bad, but it's enjoyably bad. You can watch it and oh, enjoy it. That's this why now I'm not. Beerman so much. Yeah. Because I did keep saying as we were You're the Beerman this, of season two. It sucked. You're the Beerman of year two now. It sucked. Sucks. It sucks. Uh, we hope to be having Brian on a near near future episode. But we've got some, some good, uh, some exciting episodes planned yeah some old faces and some new yeah or i guess not well you know you see their what? faces yeah we <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say it's voices but then no i mean you know if you're on our twitter you get to see who and instagram we, we talk to uh, instagram yeah. is mostly a visual medium okay fine twitter is words all right well twitter and instagram yeah. you get to see 
who 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 talked to. Yeah. 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 And us. And us. But uh, I just want to say, if anybody has been listening uh, since the first episode, thank you. Yeah. And happy birthday to us. Yeah. And uh, we hope you'll stick around and listen to more episodes. And I mean, hopefully they're better than this. This is boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, see you around. Thanks for listening. Wait, you can. You didn't do the where to find us. Oh yeah, you could do it. Okay. If you would actually like to follow our Twitter or Instagram, which we just mentioned, you can do so at HWGW Podcast. Or if you would like to write to us, you can do so at write, that's W-R-I-T-E, H-W-G-W, at gmail.com. That's it. That's it. Bye. Bye. Hard cut to wolf eyes. Stallone as in a Batman movie. Hmm. Okay, so this is the universe where, like, they already did the Joker with Jack Nicholson. They just did Penguin and Catwoman, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer. But it's before Forever. Before Forever, which is Jim Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, so Riddler Riddler. and Two Face. Yes, Riddler, Two Face, Poison Ivy, Mr. Freeze, and all the ones that have never been in film. Things in the Rogues Gallery. Okay. I would say Killer Croc. But I want the Killer Croc, the story from Batman the Animated Series, where he's like, I used to be in the circus, and then I escaped. And now I live in the sewers under Gotham, and I just want to live a quiet life. Like, and there, there's your dramatic, you know, angle for Stallone to play, like, a misunderstood outcast. And be like, this is a dramatic role for me. But then he's got to say, you know, all the Batman-y, like, pun dialogue. Oh, yeah, Batman? That bites. You know, like... <laughs> or also, who was the hunter that you like? Me. Oh, no. Craven? Craven. Yes. Yeah. He is a good Batman villain, except that he's a Spider-Man villain, and they're not oh. even the same universe. <laughs> okay. There was a Hunter character in the Batman animated series, and also it might have just been created for the Batman animated series because that's what happened with Clayface. He wasn't really. Yeah, I mean, you can count villain. Clayface. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, like he's. A, well, know. no, he became part of the canon, yeah, but yeah. like I think he was in the comics, but in a different way, and then they did him a certain way in the animated series, yeah, yeah. and then that became how everybody knew him. So then they changed his character. Yeah, yeah, like sure. That's what happened with Mister Freeze. He was a. Oh, throwaway yeah. villain and they added a really interesting you know sad backstory yeah. to him and gave him dimension and depth and all of a sudden yeah. people were like oh that's a great character because yeah. it, it was now yeah but yeah there was you don't see king tut getting that any background yeah there was definitely an stallone episode could of... be king tut there you go give, <laughs> give him some fucking you have to bring your dramatic chops to king tut i'll do it he used to wear no shirt right <laughs> all right and that head thing that head thing does it cover my face it does not all right you might have to wear like a little gold pharaoh beard thing i could do that I'm King Tut. I'm from Egypt. What was King Tut's whole deal? It was just Egypt-themed crimes? Like, he had no story, uh, right? He was a Egyptologist. Right. I was going to say, who, did, whenever did he, he got, lose his mummy? Whenever he got <laughs> bumped on the head, he would go no. into... Oh, really? Yeah. It's a Fred Flintstone? Yeah. Oh, I love this. He would, like, a book would fall on his head, and then he would go into Egypt themed crimes. Oh, 100% yes. Batman Forever with Sylvester Stallone as King Tut. But like exactly that. He gets a cool like it's played straight like it's like the mummy like three years before the mummy comes out. He's like action archaeologist <laughs> guy like in a big like broad shouldered muscly comic book way. And he's like yeah I'm an Egyptologist. I avoid booby traps and know all about the hieroglyphics. Yeah. <laughs> and then like Batman shows up because something else is going on and like Batman's like oh I'll use my bat 
belt exploder or whatever, some crazy thing that doesn't exist. It like shakes the building and just like a vase that's up on like a high plinth just like vibrates over the edge and then totters for a second and it falls. It hits Stallone. He's like, Ew, I'm King Tut now. <laughs> I gotta do some crimes. And he walks like an Egyptian right out of there and commits crimes. His henchman could be called the Bangles. Ah, uh, that's too much of a deep cut, probably. Bangles, go get them. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so good. And at the end, Alfred can be like, oh, I analyzed... A concussive episode. A on concussive front- episode on his frontal lobe. Yeah. You want me to do it in real posh uh, yeah. Like cue? Yeah. Yes, Master Wayne, a concussive episode on his frontal lobe would revert to his previous personality as the dominant one and end his reign of crime. Because it's Val Kilmer, right? Yeah. So, Alfred, you're saying I have to... It hits him on the head, yes. I can do that. <laughs> and then, boom. Batarang or ah. bat claw or something. Employ the bat mallets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Employ the bat boomerang. Do you mean the batarang? It's different. <laughs> it's different. It just looks more like a boomerang, but it's got, like, bats drawn on it. Oh. It's like the three-sided boomerang. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, they used to sell in the 90s, you know? Yeah. But it's got, like, just bats, like, penciled on it because it was, like, a prototype. And it goes, like, shaka, 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 around the thing and then hits him in the back of the head. And he's like, oh, what happened? My head really hurts. And I have no desire to commit crimes. <laughs> and it's the end. <laughs> Hard cut to black. Uh. The movie is 25 minutes long. That's why you need the second villain Mm. Don't know who that would be Don't care John Lithgow is Clayface (laughs) Catwoman again John Lithgow is Catwoman (laughs) (laughs) He could pull it off He would be so good He would 100% be Julie Newmar Like he would be the Julie Newmar Catwoman Perfect. Like, he would just be doing that shit like all the time Look how tall I am in these heels Like, be amazing 